Welcome to another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stacking with you here, alongside my good friend and co-host of this fine podcast and the 2880 Baseball Podcast, which I think might be coming to an end here soon. Is that correct, Mr. Travis Krenz, as the baseball season winds down? 2080 Baseball Podcast coming to an end? Well, I just mean for the season, are you going to continue into the offseason? Not every week, but I could uh, definitely say at least, uh, at least one show a month. So we still got, uh, say, a month of shows left. Uh, free agency in November, we're getting excited. Can't see a whole lot there, maybe December or January, but uh, I'd say uh, we, we, we got some time here. No, we that's got, what I meant. I didn't mean like it's coming you know, to an end officially or anytime soon. But, I mean, got the winter meetings and everything too, right? Sure. I, could, I mean, I could see us taping stuff. What the hell are you chomping on? Um, it is Uts or Uts Pub Mix. Get it at what? Costco. No. It it's it's delicious. It's delicious. I'll I'll stop though I because mean, you're right. I, I, um, I, November is a busy month, so I, I mean a lot of shit's gonna happen in November. So very true. Uh, if you do need someone to come on the podcast to help keep the wood stove burning, uh, yeah. let me know. Yeah. We've not yet decided who will keep that hot stove warm during the winter. It's still uh, 70, 75 degrees here this week, so uh, we're still uh, we're still a ways away. Had some cool temperatures last week, uh, but it uh, looks like we're good for another week. So we're getting uh, close to November temperatures still in the 70s, so that's good. Yes. Yes, it is. Global warming, alive and well. Um, yeah. Gordon Hayward just suffered a, a significant Ankle injury. We'll get into that here more, uh, you know, with our NBA season preview that's right around the corner here. Uh, but first, uh, your favorite player. Um, just, I mean, speaking of injuries, Wait. yeah, not not Yasiel Puig, but uh, your favorite player, Aaron Rodgers. He suffered a broken oh, yeah. clavicle or collarbone, I guess, whatever you want to call it, on his throwing shoulder. In Sunday's loss to the Minnesota Vikings, uh, this thrills me. Uh, I'm a very bad person for this, so pray for my sinful soul next time. I, um, I mean, I've got to go to church now to do that. But the, the next time for me will be the first time. So, <laughs> so, I mean, Anthony Barr, it's on the second drive of the game. Martellus Bennett uh, can't catch a ball on third down. Anthony Barr, I mean, Aaron Rodgers running outside the pocket. Barr is right there. He's chasing him down. Takes the two steps. It's totally fine. And he tackles him. I mean, didn't look like it was a malicious intent or malicious hit at all. And Aaron Rodgers said, uh, uh, F you, Anthony Barr. Mike McCarthy, Packers head coach, not happy about it. And I didn't know how severe the injury was, but then when you put that medical tent up, the blue medical tent, and then you see Rodgers leaving on a cart... You knew it wasn't good, and not even all the way through the tell or the game cast, they say, "Oh, Aaron Rodgers broken collarbone. He may be done for the year." So, um, Brett Hundley's the guy, and uh, I don't know. I just I I fear that Rodgers is going to come back on Christmas Eve or the day before Christmas Eve when they play the Vikings, and that's the game that the Packers absolutely will have to have in order to make the playoffs, and he'll do that. But at least for now, 
I feel very uh, happy. I'm very happy that it uh, does appear that the Packers may not be playing in Minneapolis again in February. I'm very excited about that. I'm the opposite of you. I'm not. Excited. I know. I know you aren't. I I, I don't. Uh, I don't uh, hope he doesn't come back. I hope he does come back. Mm-hmm. I hope he beats the Vikings there on Christmas. Uh, they're disappointing. Uh, should be exciting to see Detroit win this division. That'll be a whole lot of fun. Maybe Detroit can win a playoff game since they'll be at home. Wouldn't that be something? Nope, they the won't. The goddamn Lions win a playoff game. Wouldn't that be cute? But uh, yeah, good for them. We'll see what Brett Hundley can do. I'm sure they could find Colin Kaepernick, but we can't do that. So. Nope, 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 because of you know, Joe Callahan is our backup quarterback here. That's what Mike McCarthy says. Didn't you hear me just answer the freaking question before? He's just going in the What's that? Who's your backup quarterback? It's a uh, Joe or a Brian Callahan. I think it's Joe. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. He's from uh, he's a Joe from a Callahan. Div- Who the fuck is Joe Callahan? <laughs> let's let's bring it up here because I, he's a Division three quarterback. Wow! Get the hell out of here. Sign Colin Kaepernick for Christ's sake. We got to go to Division three. NAI is next. There's not much beyond this. This is goddamn blackballed to the finest. Yep, and that maybe that's why he's... Oh, they just signed Gerard Evans, my boy from Virginia Tech, to uh, to the practice squad. So, hey, at least at least you got that going for you, so that's nice. But, yeah, uh, let's let's find out more about this Division Three player. Uh, yes, Joe Callahan is the name. Uh, he was with the Wesley Wolverines of Division Three. I think that's somewhere in Delaware. Uh, this is, I mean... I get that you, you know, when you have Aaron Rodgers, you probably don't need more than one backup because, really, I mean, you, you never play. I guess that's the that was the thought process with Brett Favre, but surely with this and Brett Hundley, let, let's be fair here. When he came out at UCLA, I thought he was a very good quarterback. I don't know if you thought the same thing, and you know, to land in Green Bay is actually beneficial for him. So I think he's got plenty of skill, but you know, could he do? What uh, Aaron Rodgers did to the Cowboys a couple weeks ago? Absolutely not. Could he do what he did to Cincinnati uh, three weeks ago? Absolutely not. I mean, that's two games that Rodgers won for the Packers. So, no, thank you. Just don't tell me that Brett Hundley is going to save the season for the Packers. Uh, not unless everyone else plays good. And the, and the, the Packers are walking wounded right now. Because it wasn't just Rodgers that dropped in this game. It lost everyone. A lot of injuries on the defense. Yeah, we'll see what they do. I mean, the uh, schedule's not difficult, so they can do all. They can do fine. Run the ball a bunch. See what happens. They got the Saints this week. See what we can do against them. Got the Lions the week after. You got the Bears. You got the Ravens. So you can probably go <clears throat> two and two in that stretch right there. Yeah. And uh, well, you know, if you're seven and seven going into that Vikings and Lions game to wrap it up, maybe nine and seven is uh, good enough to win that, or maybe even good enough to win the division. We'll just have to wait and see. But, um, yeah, we will see how good Brent Hunley is. I mean, I, I think he was good. What will it take for you to start liking the Vikings more on a consistent basis? Oh, not fit their pants every week. Not uh, not be terrible for the last 20 years since I've been watching them. Now, bring Bridgewater back. That'd be exciting. Okay. Um, well, they're, they're, that's one step towards uh, towards you coming back then, because it sounds like uh, Teddy Bridgewater is going to come back. He pr- he's practicing this week, 
So the the Vikings do yeah. have a three week window to decide it. You know, but from all intents and purposes, it sounds like Sam Bradford could be done because there's the the wear and tear on his knee. So Case Keenum needs a suitable backup, and uh, Teddy Bridgewater would be that guy. Okay, Vikings lose a quarterback for another year. So that's good. So lost your quarterback last year. They lost your quarterback this year. So two years in a row, they lost their starting quarterback. And you wonder why I hate the team. Well, oh, why is that their fault, though? They just got injured. You don't hear Vikings fans bitching about it like uh, they're doing in Green Bay right now. Bad things happen to this team. It's a waste of my time to uh, to be fully invested. I am not. I am not invested in this team. So, um, see, they go six and two, and see, watching this collapse in the second half should be fun. Well, to to be fair, mm-hmm. when you have five of your first seven games at home you're bound to come back down to earth a little bit with all these road games the Vikings got coming up. But I do expect this team here, uh, you know, they've already lost Dalvin Cook. That's unfortunate. But uh, Jared oh. McKinnon's played really well. Uh, Harrison Smith had the, had an absolutely stellar game. Did you? I mean, that interception that he had against Hundley, that was incredible. Uh, so if nothing else, Harrison Smith, uh, no doubt one of the defensive players of the year, uh, should be up for consideration at least. Uh, we'll see what the Vikings can do. They get the the dreadful Ravens, who somehow lost to Scott Trubisky uh, on on and the Bears on Sunday. I don't know how it happened. It was in Baltimore, uh, but Joe Flacco not elite. It's one of these things with the Vikings where, like, I'm not mad. I'm not happy. It's just there. It's like I'm watching any other game. They're just there. Something good happens. You're happy. It Cameron. happens. No, I'm not. If something bad happens, it's just, it's there. There's no, there's no feeling either way. So that's probably the worst thing you could have happen to him. That's very true. I'm indifferent. I'm indifferent to this team, whether they win, they lose, whether I watch them, whether I don't. Um, they're, they're just there. It is my now dying mission to help get you back on this Vikings bandwagon here. I don't, it's going to be a tough, it's going to be an uphill climb, but I'm going to do my best here. To get you oh, back. Who uh, we got in this? I mean, beat Washington, beat the Rams. Uh, don't lose to Detroit. Beat Chicago again. Um, if finally still the quarterback, beat Green Bay. I mean, there's again, there's no reason why this team shouldn't be eleven and five. I expect them to probably be eight and eight. So no, oh, not eight and eight. We're a playoff game. We're a playoff game. Oh. Eight eight. Last year they started six and zero oh, for God's sake. Five and zero, oh, but oh, that, I mean. I, 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 I listen. I agree. It's, it, there's heartbreak city. Did you? Uh, there's a good story on the Players Tribune, uh, written by Adam Thielen. I encourage you to go check that out. Uh, very good story. It, 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 right? it does mention that. It does mention good. that. Good. Not a lot of not a lot of people know that. Not a lot of people know that. <laughs> so we'll see what happens for the Vikings here. The biggest, uh, the other big story from the week, and then we'll get to other things that are much more important. Somehow the Giants freaking won in Denver. I don't know how they did it. Uh, I, I, I'm baffled by it, quite frankly. It proves this year I've, I've my picks have absolutely stunk, and it proves to me that I know zero about football this year, and maybe it's just on, I'm on a steady decline for what I know about the NFL because uh, oofda, uh, to pull an old Minnesota slogan out, I, I just don't even know what to expect anymore. You, you just don't. Yeah, don't don't bet on sports, kids. It's bad for you. Don't do it. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. Don't try to don't try to actually 
use rhyme and reason in picking these games because none of it makes sense. We went through it last week with all the upsets. Uh, no undefeated teams left, just a bunch of teams that are 4-2 and two and 3-3 three and 2-4. Three and two and four. Uh, again, San Francisco, they've lost five games, six games by but the last five games by like fucking 12 points. 14, yeah. None of it makes sense. I mean, none of it makes sense. Um, you know, it's just games, people play them. Somebody, somebody wins, somebody loses, whatever. New England wins in the end, sorry. Speaking of not knowing shit about anything in the world of sports, uh, what the hell happened this week in college football? Four top ten teams go down, all on the road. The most baffling loss, uh, I think, has to be Washington scoring seven points against one of the worst defenses at, in the F, at the FBS level in Arizona State. I mean, their secondary is absolutely atrocious, and yet the and Washington they need a kicker. They need one real bad. Uh, I, I I would. I mean, I'm, I'm available. I think I might still have a year of eligibility left. Uh, for whatever it's worth, Washington, just let me know. Um, I haven't kicked a field goal in a few years, but I sure as hell probably can do about the same that you got right now. Uh, they lose 13-7 Arizona State, and it, it just baffles me how it happened. I, I, I don't get it whatsoever. Again, this, there's no rhyme or reason for, for Washington to score one touchdown. It's a terrible team. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, doesn't make sense for Washington State to lose by five touchdowns to Cal. None of this makes sense. It doesn't make sense that Iowa State can beat Oklahoma. None of it. None of it. Again, there's no rhyme or reason. Or there's nothing. You know, oh, this is what happened. This is what happened. One team played terrible. The other team played pretty good. There's no. I mean, it's hard. It's very hard to predict these things because these things should not happen. Right. I mean, and you alluded, you know, you mentioned it. Washington State gets blown out at California. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I mean, not a joking matter at all with what's going on out there, but maybe they just got lost in the smoke. I mean, I don't, I don't get what Washington State happened. And of course, right, first and foremost, uh, thoughts to everyone in the, in Northern California, in the Bay Area. It's, it's not a good situation. So hopefully, you know, things are, are calming down here. Um, so I, I, sorry, I did not mean to make, uh, light of that. At all, um, kind of pulling a Harvey Weinstein, Al Michaels, uh, there you go. shit uh, here. So I, I get it. probably probably something I should have said. So I apologize, but um, I do feel for you out there in the Bay Area in Northern California for sure. But I mean, Washington State loses thirty-seven to three. This is a team that beat USC just a couple of weeks ago, and then I mean, Clemson loses on the road at Syracuse. That one I don't have a huge problem with. You know, Kelly Bryant had a you know, bum ankle and then he got concussed. I have more of a problem with their defense not being able to slow down Syracuse at all. But uh, it's a three-point loss, so that's okay. And then Auburn had like a 20-7 to lead on LSU and then you lose 27-23. to Like, what? This, this is an LSU team here that, that it looked like Ed O. Cocho was, you know, clinging to his job by a thread. Practically, I mean, there was going to be mutiny amongst the fan base, and all of a sudden, here you go. Uh, LSU seems to have righted the ship a little bit here. So, to, and and the worst loss of all, if outside of Washington, is Louisville losing to Boston College, and not just losing, but giving up 45 points at Papa John Stadium in Louisville. How do you do that to a a team as offensively challenged as Boston College? Uh, when the men's basketball program receives the death penalty, Louisville football should just uh, accept it along with them because that's, I mean, you shouldn't have a football program if you're going to give up 45 points to the likes of Boston College for freaks. Uh, for, you know, oh, 
Oh, that that just irritates the hell out of me. It's very disgusting. Very disgusting at Boston College. <laughs> Score so many points. Shouldn't happen. Disgusting. Uh, like Washington State. I mean, I mean, they were ranked eighth, which is. I mean, nobody took them seriously to actually win that conference or win the uh, get in the playoffs. That's a bit much. And uh, they had a lot of road games coming up. Five of their last seven were on the road. And uh, three, uh, three of their last four are on the road. So they're six and one now. Uh, six, seven, eight. Probably finish eight and four. Maybe nine and three. So, yeah, Pac-12, probably not getting a playoff team in, which is fine. No, uh, you know, Penn State, they're looking really good right now. They have a big game with your Michigan squad here coming yeah. up. Uh, the college game day will be there Saturday. I got to think Penn State's going to win that one because Michigan looks terrible offensively. I don't know how you have a team uh, whose head coach is Jim Harbaugh, who is a you know a, a quarterback in the NFL, and this Michigan. I mean, if if Higdon hadn't ran for 200 yards against Indiana in a win in overtime over the Hoosiers. I don't know how Michigan wins that game, and I just I don't get the offensive struggles that they have. Uh, quarter, you know, regardless of what, who your quarterback is or not, if you're at Michigan, you get the, these recruits. You should be doing a little better. Uh, he's he's pulling a Butch Jones here on us almost uh, offensively. No, for Christ's sake! <laughs> I mean, they're back. They're 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 at their backup quarterback here. That, that, not that their starter Wilton Spates any good. John O'Corn, he did pretty good against uh, whatever it was. Purdue or whatever game he came in, in relief, he did fine. Yep. O'Corn, he was putting up like Trubisky and Wentz type numbers. He was 10 to 20 for 58 yards. I mean, you got to do better than that. That's disgusting. That is absolutely disgusting. And again, I don't know how he can be this good and, and just have a quarterback this terrible. It's very frustrating. And the LSU's defense finally fucking woke up. Shut down Auburn there in that second half. I mean, their offense is terrible. But, uh, yeah, Coach Joe doesn't look too hot for Coach Joe there. Uh, anything else from the college football weekend that you would like to discuss? Uh, Central Florida. I hope Central Florida is the team that makes the big bowl game. Cotton Bowl. And uh, bowl bound or not? Mm-hmm. How about how about win a game or not? Is Baylor going to win a game? They got Kansas coming up in three weeks. They got Iowa State at the end of the year. Uh, can uh, can Baylor can Baylor win a damn football game? You know what? That uh, it's funny you should say that because I uh, we're going to have Charlie Hildebrand, our good friend, uh, Sioux City Journal, coming on here later in the podcast, and I've I'm developing a new game for him, uh, a subset, uh, the, the sister game well, of Bullbound or not? It's called When Will They. And uh, this week, I think I'm going to look at when will they win a game, uh, and we'll, we'll see how this goes from here and can uh, and can play it later on. But Baylor is one of the teams that I'm looking at. Is when will they win a game? And I, it's tough. I mean, they they have to play Kansas in Lawrence. I mean, that's a that's about well, your only your 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 best chance here. I didn't watch college football last week. I didn't watch it the week before. I'm not going to watch it this week either because I've got other things. And uh, I don't think I've missed much. Michigan and Penn State this week. Uh, we'll see how, how great Penn State can disappoint people. USC uh, Notre Dame. USC Notre Dame, that's worth that's worth something. Uh, loser, loser of that's done with the playoff. Winner of that uh, is still alive. So you got Notre Dame, 
Uh, people aren't really talking about them. Lost to Georgia. Probably should have won that game. But, um, yeah, Notre Dame's got a really good schedule. They got USC this week. They got North Carolina State the week after. They got at Miami at the end of the year. They're at Stanford. So, uh, I mean, if they run the table, which is very unlikely, they will be in your playoff. But they're at 5-1 and one right now. Uh, North Carolina State, they're coming out of nowhere. Uh, talked about Miami running the table. Mm-hmm. They've still got two easy games on the way. So, uh, Miami, they should be 7-0. and oh. Maybe in the top five by the time they take on your Hokie squad. Yep. Uh, so Miami, not great, but uh, no. they're winning games. Yeah, and they beat Georgia Tech this week on a late field goal mm. and, and a, an insane fourth down catch. I don't know how um, yeah. I mean, Georgia Tech should have had that. They should have won the game. I mean, and I, I look at Miami and Wisconsin uh, in particular as two teams that are undefeated right now but just truly how good are they i'm not i don't i'm not sold on wisconsin very rarely am i ever sold on them i'm not sold on miami whatsoever but uh, you mentioned notre dame with the schedule that they got how lucky is notre dame to have scheduled uh you know north carolina state this year when they're when they're really good miami when they're currently undefeated i mean stanford's routinely good USC's as good as they come in Georgia right now is undefeated so for Notre Dame uh, yeah they have gotten uh, I, I'd say incredibly lucky with the teams that they have scheduled thus far well I will say this as we wrap up the college football mm-hmm. uh, I don't know I don't know I mean easy schedules for Wisconsin and Miami thus far but uh, we just got got done talking about all these other teams losing to terrible teams by five touchdowns so as, as far as I'm concerned, if you can win a game, you're you're good in my book. That's Just very true. That's very true. And yes, we will move on from college football to the baseball. Baseball playoffs. The championship series are going on. And uh, the Astros are falling right into the Yankee trap of winning the first two games. And now they've gone to the Bronx and lost two games. Uh, they had a 4 nothing lead in game four. And the bullpen imploded. In the seventh and eighth innings, um, my confidence level now in the Astros very low right now. Crins very well, low. I'm very high because they have Verlander and Keuchel the next two games. If I'd have one pitcher to beat one team, that would be Dallas Keuchel to beat the Yankees. He owns them uh, very much. He owns them like Russia owns Trump, and I'll stick my eggs in the Verlander basket. I thought I got both of these series ended in five. Uh, looking pretty good. Houston was winning five. Maybe I have to go six. But uh, yeah, Verlander and Keuchel. I'm going to have to beat one of them. Good luck. Is it the 2-3-2 two, two format or is it 2-2-1-1-1? 2 Okay. I think it's 1-1-1-1. Okay. Take a peek in a gander. Um... Yeah, they're there. It's uh, two three two, so they'll be at uh, oh, okay. Yankee Stadium Wednesday night. So two more games: uh, Keiko and Tanaka, a pitcher's duel for the ages. Both pitched great, so uh, Yankees going to have to beat Keiko in Yankee Stadium. Well, that's very true. Uh, hopefully, the Astros can get things done here. Their bats uh, coming into Game Four. I think they were batting what, like one sixty nine. They were terrible. It's been but- a struggle. Yeah, uh, NL side. Anything else from this AL side that um, that that this is that's really intriguing you? 
starting pitching has been very good after the first round where we're talking about the bullpen and uh, the starters not doing well. Uh, starters have done very well in this series. The uh, Yankee starters did very well against Cleveland. So, uh, yeah, good series thus far. 2-1. to one. Altuve got a big hit. Better win the game in game, uh, game two. Had some kid catch a ball on a controversial home run as well. That's fun. Uh, Aaron Judge has been terrible. He had a home run on uh, game three. But today yeah, it's been a low-scoring game, a low-scoring series between the two teams that scored more runs than anybody in baseball. It's kind of odd. Uh, you mentioned the Indians. Of course, the Yankees beat the Indians. How big of a collapse on a scale of one to... 10 or 100 10? is this? Probably an 8. Okay. Um, I mean, this could have been anything from Yankees winning 4 to Cleveland could have swept. Yep. But game 3 was one nothing. Yep. Could have gone either way. Yep. Home run, inch there, home run, inch there. Uh, Cleveland could have swept. Or the Yankees uh, could have won game 2. They would have held a 5-run lead in the middle innings. Again, okay. Yankees could have won in 4 games. They won in 5 games. Uh, Cleveland, they could have won in three, four, or five. So, could have gone a number of different ways, but uh, Yankees bullpen, they were pretty great. And it certainly takes Joe Girardi off the hook for that uh, non-challenge in Game 2 against Cleveland. And by the way, Todd Frazier in Game 3 against the Astros, with his three-run home run there in the bottom of the second, when you're watching it, did it look? Did you think even for a second that that was going to get out of the park as soon as he got uh, wood on the ball? Yeah. Fly ball right field. That was that was dumb. That was stupid. I hate Yankee Stadium. God, I hate it. God, it sucks. Uh, Something like that being a home run. That's. I mean, the balls are juiced, but still, that's embarrassing. That sucks. <laughs> Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk last week. Well, obviously, because we recorded the podcast before the game Thursday night. What I would say, arguably, the game of the postseason between the Nationals and the Cubs. Um, the Nationals are clearly a snake-bitten franchise. They capitalized on the situation, and pun intended, because they, just like the hockey team in the in the nation's capital, the Washington Capitals, the Nationals just can't win a playoff series to save their lives. Um, I don't believe they've won one since they moved from Montreal. And it, they had a 4-1 lead in this game, and Max Scherzer comes in, and he implodes. You like the decision to bring in your best pitcher there, oh, especially yeah. in a closeout game, but he failed. And then, obviously, like you know, the, the, the Nationals then kept falling behind, but they chipped away. And then everyone's looking, of course, at the challenge by Joe Madden in the eighth inning with the runner off of the, you know, sliding back in the first and coming off. And, you know, the, the tag was applied. A lot of people have a problem with that. I do a little bit. But, I mean, this was a marathon game and it only went nine innings, four hours and 37 minutes. But, I mean, there are so many different angles that you could get to with this game. Very memorable game. Uh, again, like I say, I will never criticize a manager for putting out his best pitcher. I mean, that's that's fine. If he does well, he may do well, he may not. I want to lose with him there. Uh, Joe Madden, I don't like Joe Madden. I don't think he's very good. He didn't use Wade Davis in game two against the Dodgers. Uh, 1-1 game in the ninth. Can't use our uh, our best pitcher. Can't use our closer. We'll use uh, Brian Dunstein. They'll give up a three-run home run. Gonna lose the game in the ninth. I think it was. I think it was Lackey. 
Yeah, him too. Dunking, uh, put him on. Wacky gave it up. So there you go. Great job, Joe Madden. Not using your best pitcher. That's an awful call. He had to use Wade Davis uh, to get a seven-out save. So that worked out well. That was a struggle, but it worked. So good for him. Uh, on Thursday nights, uh, Scherzer uh, didn't do well. Uh, if you're off the base and you're tagged, you're out. So that's a good call. Nobody's talking about the uh, catcher's interference, I guess, because people are stupid. But a uh, much <laughs> bigger, uh, bigger complaint about that, a much bigger call. It actually seems to have been missed. So people are stupid. That's just the way it is. Well, uh, now you want to explain more of this uh, catcher interference, what happened, uh, what inning, and everything like that? It was the fifth inning. Uh, the Cubs were up. Uh, batter swung through. Uh, hit the catcher in the mask. That would be called catcher interference. Uh, runner should be out. Uh, it was a strikeout. And then they had to throw to first because Matt Weiders sucks. And uh, he had to throw to first. And, of course, he couldn't throw to first. He threw it in the right field. So instead of it being an out, it was a uh, guy reached first and they scored a run. So in a one-run game, I figured that was a lot more important. So Yeah. Uh, should have been, you know, you hit the catcher, that is catcher interference. Um, you interfere with the catcher, I guess, uh, you're out. So. Yeah, yeah, a big call. And yeah, like you said, it, it's largely overlooked. Are you going to be okay here? Yeah. Okay. I think I've got my IVs in. I got my, uh, yes, I'll be fine. Okay, that's good. Um, so, right. so this Dodgers Cubs series, uh, Dodgers win the first two. Uh, Jay Turner or Justin Turner, uh, who looks like he came straight out of Game of Thrones, uh, looking good. The Dodgers are up three to one here in Game Three because that's when uh, we're recording this uh, podcast. I bet they win. I bet they win. Oh, I would hope so. I, I certainly would hope so because the, uh, the 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 Cubs bats are absolutely non-existent. Uh, so I mean, Schwarber hits a home run to left center. Good for him. Finally. Hey. <laughs> Uh, but overall, the the Cubs offense non-existent. Uh, I'm really hoping for Dodgers Astros in the World Series. I fear yeah. it could be Dodgers Yankees. Either way, baseball sitting pretty. A lot of people should watch these uh, watch these games. Uh, Dodgers pitchers very good, very very good. So uh, yeah, Cubs offense not doing a whole hell of a lot. Uh, Hopefully, it's Dodgers Astros, one team that's uh, never won a World Series and only has gotten there once in 50 years. And uh, the Dodgers, they haven't uh, won one in 29 years. And they've only been to one in, like, since, uh, like, 81 was the last one besides that. So they've only been to one World Series in uh, nearly 35, 40 years. So, good. New teams. I like new teams. Everybody hates the Cubs now because they're an old team because they won once, for God's sakes. Everybody hates the Yankees, even though they've only been in the World Series once in 15 years. We got the new teams in there. Two teams. Like, we've never seen the Dodgers in there. It'll be fun. Yep. Yep, absolutely. So we'll see what happens there. Full World Series preview will uh, happen next week. Uh, other baseball, the only other baseball news item that I have, unless you have anything else here regarding these series... Uh, Paul Molitor signs a you know, what three-year extension with the Twins. Do oh. you like it or not? It's fine. He's a guy. Neil Allen not returning as the pitching coach. 
they seem to play hard for them. So, I mean, they got rid of Kinsler, which I think people thought was a bigger move. I thought it was kind of a white flag, but um, I mean, they were fine without Kinsler. He was not. He did not appear to be a big part of their. Of whether or not they were good or bad, he would pitch. He was their closer. They replaced him. They were fine. So offense really picked it up August, September. Bobby, I mean, he, they won. He deserved it. So, yeah, pitching, pitching's got to get better. Uh, we'll see who this pitching coach is. So. Uh, shall we go to uh, the NBA since it's tipping off Yes, now. shall we. Yes, we shall. Okay. Yes, we shall. Thank, thank goodness Cleveland didn't shit the bed entirely, and they, they hung they on won? to beat the Celtics. So. Yes, four. 102.99. 102. I don't think they covered, so they're losing my book. Oh, well, that's true. Don't bet on sports, kids. Don't bet on sports. Uh, The Rockets are nine-point underdogs, so we'll see how this goes. So, um, you know, headed into this year, I mean, it's a foregone conclusion, it seems like, that it's going to be Golden State, Cleveland, round four. Yes, it does. I mean, so, for all, I mean... At the end of the day here, why do we want to talk or, like, preview the NBA season in, in its entirety? We really don't because it's just going to be the same result. Uh, of course, the West is so much more interesting than the East. The East is only interesting because Cleveland and Boston are, you know, at the t- at the front of the line and everyone else is, like, ten blocks back, I mean, from them. I mean, it, it, it's the disparity in talent on the eastern side is so much more. I mean, Indiana and Chicago lose their stars. New York trades Carmelo Anthony. So there's just shit in the east. But uh, Kyrie, uh, the big story, of course, is Kyrie Irving and Isaiah Thomas get traded for one another. Uh, Kyrie going to Boston, Isaiah going to Cleveland, and Isaiah Thomas won't play until January at the earliest is what it sounds like due to hip surgery. But then uh, you have... You know, Gordon Hayward pulling an Andrew Bogut, except it's just flipped oh. around here and uh, suffering a, a devastating injury here in the waning moment, in the, the the beginning moments of the season. Andrew Bogut, when he got traded to the to the Cavs or when the Cavs picked him up, uh, he 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 fractured his knee or something in uh, like the first. 30 seconds or 90 seconds when he got in. It was a little longer here for Hayward, but uh, this... Hayward was one of the big free agent signings for the Celtics in the offseason. How big of a loss is this uh, depending on how much time Hayward has to miss? I gotta think he's gonna miss minimum three months if not four or five. Maybe maybe even more. I look pretty bad. I don't know what the diagnosis is when you shatter your ankle. We'll see what this is here. Like, there's LeBron's there. Nobody's beating Cleveland, so, like, it doesn't really matter for, for Boston. Would have been interesting since he's their second-best player, but I guess Kyrie Irving is just going to do that to have to do a lot more. And then maybe Jason Tatum uh, does a lot more as well. Uh, Boston's still a good team. Washington is still a good team. Uh, Toronto seems to be a good team. Milwaukee's got a pretty good player. Yes. Uh, the Greek Freak. Hornets. Hornets are a team. Everybody else, I don't care about. Uh, Miami went on a hell of a run to end the year, so maybe they can do that for the full year. Yeah. Uh, Stan Van Gundy, we like him in Detroit. We do. Uh, Philadelphia. Let's see if old MB can uh, stay alive this year. 
got Porzingis alone with the Knicks. Uh, Atlanta, nobody can name a player that plays for Atlanta. Uh, yeah, in Indiana, the Nets are bad. The Magic suck. The Bulls are the worst team in basketball. So that's your East. Uh, same as like it has it. been for the past three years. It's Cleveland and uh, three, four teams in that second tier. Then everybody else doesn't matter. I so. hate to say that argue, that you could make an argument that every team in the Eastern Conference could make the playoffs outside of Indiana, Chicago, and Atlanta. Maybe I'm shortchanging. I would even put Indiana. Indiana has a chance. We'll see what Victor Oladipo can do. I mean, he, he's, I mean, they didn't get you know more than a bag of beans for Paul George, uh, but. I mean, they got Sabonis, I guess, and Victor Oladipo. You're you're right about Atlanta. I don't I don't know what Atlanta's doing. I don't know what Atlanta's got here for the foreseeable future. Charlotte's going to make the playoffs. Uh, Philadelphia is the most intriguing team outside of Boston and Cleveland in the East. These young guys, you know, Markel Fultz. You got Joel Embiid. You know, you know Ben Simmons. Is this are they? Yeah, I mean, are, are they going to pull it together or put it together here? I'm very intrigued by that. I don't know for sure if I have the 76ers in the playoffs or not. I do think it's going to come down to them or Detroit for that eight seed uh, because I like the Heat as the seven. I like the Hornets as a six. Uh, what do we got here? Washington's the three. Toronto four, and uh, Milwaukee. Milwaukee five, and they in. I've even I could even see Milwaukee being four because I, I like at uh, Milwaukee and and what they're doing that much, uh, but yeah, as far as I'm concerned, that eight seed is going to come down to Detroit or Philadelphia. The Knicks to hell with them. The Nets, no, thank you. The Magic, no. Uh, and then we already mentioned how bad those other three teams are. But uh, the Philadelphia, outside of Boston, Cleveland, most interesting team to watch in the East. Yeah, I see what Philadelphia can do. <laughs> Um, Bulls, Nets, Magic, Hawks. That's bad. Those are four bad teams, it appears like. So, yeah, Bulls guy, uh, they're punching people in the face. So it's, it's very good. Fred Hoiberg, not long for Chicago. Rents don't buy. He should be out of there pretty soon. And uh, we'll see. Maybe they get the first pick. Got some uh, Michael Porter character from Missouri. So yes. we'll see if he's worth a damn. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Bulls. They tried. They got pretty close to a title. They got to the Eastern Conference Finals once, and then Derek Rose blew his knee out. So, fun little uh, fun little run while that ended. And now my Bulls are back to the way they were, 99, 2000, one or two, or three. Yeah. So was uh, dark, days are, dark days are here again, folks. Where at least the Blackhawks are good, so the United Center will at least see a winning team this year. Uh, where would Fred Hoiberg go when he gets canned? I mean, back, back to, to college. college. I, I would assume he has to go back to college. But what, what, uh, what team in in particular? Louisville is probably looking for a coach. I wouldn't go there. I mean, yeah, sure. Just get just get the death penalty. Oh, well, see, I mean, I don't expect anything to happen much in Louisville. Yeah. Maybe they'll say, "Yeah, you can't make the tournament for a year or two. Besides that, I don't know. I guess I don't North have much Carolina faith. didn't get uh, anything but a slap yeah. on the wrist. I don't have much faith in the NCAA. I mean, what they didn't do anything to Penn State. I mean, I mean, they didn't do anything to Penn State. They said, "What you can't have? You get me in a bowl game for what? Like two years, maybe." Mm-hmm. And now they're looking pretty good. So, yeah, I mean, any penalties unless they say you can't play for a year—that's bad. 
unless they take some money away, which they never seem to do, none of it matters. Take wins away, say they can't make the tournament for a year or two, not big deal. So, you know, Iowa, Iowa State's pretty good. Oh, they don't need a coach. Um, maybe Minnesota. Maybe the Gophers. They'll be looking for a coach. We'll see. Well, I mean, Patino's doing really well right now, but uh, yeah. Maybe he'll have to go to jail as well. Who knows? <laughs> that would be sad. Clem Haskins 2.0 here. Uh, but um, that side, so there's the Easter Conference. Uh, Cleveland-Boston in the Easter Conference Finals, I'm guessing. I'd love to put Washington in there, but I, I just uh, I can't do it quite yet. Gordon Hayward's out for the year. I mean, Washington and Boston seem to have a bit of a tiff. Um, I mean, either one of those are good. John Wall's pretty good. Um, oh, yeah, Kyrie Irving wanted to be the guy. Here's your chance, hot shot. Here's your guy. I like what he did. Ballsy move. Uh, here you go, folks. Maybe if uh, Boston can win the 55 games, they can show everybody how great he is. Goddamn, he's going to get his chance. Yep, yep. And he can prove to everyone how good he is and that the world is flat. Uh, and he can uh, never, never win a title again. So that'll be yep. fun for him. So I, 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 I'll lean right now towards Cleveland, Boston, but uh, surely the, the Hayward injury gives me pause on there. On the Western Conference side, I don't reach. How do you how do you even do anything if you have paws? You have no thumbs. Oh, that's that's very true. I'm like Brophy. I'm like my dog. I, I can't do anything. Ah, good old Brophy. You're good. Very good. Um, on the Western Conference side, Golden State's great. They're gonna win it all again. It's a foregone conclusion. Houston made an interesting move getting Chris Paul. Um, I I don't know how well that's gonna work with him and uh, James Harden. But the most fascinating team in the Western Conference outside of Golden State is the Oklahoma City Thunder. I cannot recall a team that gave up less to land two all-star caliber players, superstars, uh, at least they were, maybe they are. Do you consider Paul George a superstar? Oh yes, he's an all star. Okay. He's uh, okay. He's an all star, but is he like a is, is is he a true superstar? I'd say he's one of the twenty best players in basketball. So yes, he's okay. a superstar. Okay, so they land Carmelo Anthony and uh, Paul George for next to nothing essentially. Now Russell Westbrook signs an extension here. I'm very curious to see how Oklahoma City is going to be able to keep. Anthony and George together, you know, past this year. Maybe they'll only be able to keep one of them. Maybe they won't keep either of them, but at least Russell Westbrook's staying in there. But the Oklahoma City Thunder are now the team to watch out for in the Western Conference outside of Golden State. They're very exciting. Um, Carmelo Anthony, pretty much a one-dimensional guy. All George can give you a little something, so... Yeah, Westbrook did pretty good by himself. They got him some help. Uh, very surprising what they did. And they signed uh, Westbrook to the big five-year extension. So good for Oklahoma City on the brink of just a disastrous uh, time if they lose Westbrook next year. Yep. Uh, but uh, they kept him. So hopefully they can keep somebody else here. Let's see here. I've got uh, I've got a trade in mind where I think a team did not give up a whole hell of a lot for two pretty good players. Uh, one guy was traded with another decent player um, to a team. The team gave up such stars as Wally Zerbiak, Delonte West, Jeff Green, 
and a second-round pick that didn't become anything. Zada Watts. Zerbiak, Jeff Green, Delonte West. Well, I'm trying to think. This is post the Minnesota Timberwolves, right? Because didn't Zerbiak play then for the Cavs and the Celtics, or was it just the Celtics? Uh, so this is uh, Zerbiak post Minnesota. Yep. Um, yeah. By the so way, he's, uh, he's very good on CBS uh, and for their yeah. college basketball. I like him a lot. And so that's one trade where they got a Hall of Famer. And the other trade, uh, team gave up such stars as Ryan Gomes, Gerald Green, Theo Ratliff, Sebastian Kelfair, Big Al Jefferson, who's pretty good. Uh, they gave up a first-round pick, who Minnesota picked that up to be Wayne Ellington, who wasn't any good. And they also picked Johnny Flynn, who was terrible. So this is the Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen trade. Boston gave up a lot of things. Doesn't appear any of the things outside of Big Al Jefferson were any good. And they won a title, and they went to the finals. So anything, if we were, anything is possible. Yeah. Anything is possible. Even goddamn Celtics. So they won the deal there, and uh, good, good trade for them. And they got it done. So there you go. I would like to. I always like to point out that when the Timberwolves drafted Johnny Flynn uh, and Ricky Rubio, you know who they passed on twice there. Uh, Steph Curry. Steph Curry. Is this so? Okay, I've just thought of this now. Is the Timberwolves equivalent of passing Steph Curry for the likes of Johnny Flynn and uh, and Ricky Rubio? I guess essentially just passing on him twice. Is this like what the Cleveland Browns have done in this past year in the NFL draft by passing twice on Deshaun Watson? Now, granted. We don't know quite yet what Watson's going to become. I mean, he hasn't won a championship, hasn't won a Super Bowl or anything, but he looks pretty damn good compared to whatever they got in Cleveland right now, uh, which is Deshaun Kaiser, but that's beside the point. Uh, this, this I think, is a very similar comparison that we could make here. Well, the Browns pick is wrong. You could think at one, you think one point the Washington Nationals or the Capitals would do something in the playoffs, they don't. And you would think at one point the Browns, just by... Just by luck. Just by luck would pick the right guy. And they don't. They picked Manziel. Uh, Bridgewater was there. Uh, they picked uh, Kaiser. Yeah, and Carr. They picked Kaiser. And uh, no, that's uh, John Watson seems to be a superstar. And the funny thing. They pick? Well, yes. The funny thing is, is that they traded the number 12 pick to Houston so Houston could draft Deshaun Watson. The, the, the talent evaluators have failed many times over. It's disgusting. And um, Browns will be picking pretty high this year, and I bet they're picking another quarterback. So God bless this guy, whoever this poor bastard is, because uh, his career Sam is done. Arnold. No, they'll probably, they'll probably pass sorry. him. Whoever it is, Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, the dumb bastard from Wyoming, whoever it is, uh, it, it's going to be bad. It's going to be real bad. It is, uh, but we'll, we'll see what happens there, I guess. And back to the whole, back to the Western Conference here. So Oklahoma City, the team that everyone's looking at here. Minnesota, of course, is going to be very interesting because they got Jimmy Butler in that draft day trade. Uh, he's the, he joins the, now he completes the trio with Carl Anthony Towns, Cat, and Andrew Wiggins, who just signed his big extension. So, I mean, 
And Minnesota then got a lot of other decent guys here, especially like Jamal Crawford, I think, is one of the more underrated signings in free agency this year because he gives the Timberwolves a three-point shooter, and that's something that they were terrible at last year. So I think that's a great move by the Timberwolves getting him. I expect the Timberwolves to make the playoffs this year. I think I have them pegged as a sixth seed. Anything to avoid Golden State in rounds one or two. That's all. That's all you have to do. I don't care if you're a six, a seven, two, or a three. Just don't be a one, eight, four, or five. Well, good luck with Houston or San Antonio or wherever the hell they're going to play. I mean, they just they don't shoot three-pointers. They're not good at three-pointers. And uh, Minnesota sports teams seem to be behind the times when it comes to uh, what wins games? Twins, Vikings, Timberwolves are all behind the times. Wild, like wild. I suppose whatever it is in hockey that gets you good. Apparently, the Wild don't do that. Uh, Jim Butler, good player. Tom Thibodeau coached him. He knows what the hell he is. He's good. Um, good defensive player. Good offensive player. An All Star. Uh, Wiggins, see, see what he can do. Uh, Tony Towns quickly becoming a star. Um, yeah, three-point shooters, I don't know who's, I mean, said Crawford, but other than that, they really didn't add much to that. Uh, I thought J.J. Redick would have been a good addition. Yep. Jeff Teague is the point guard. Yep. So, I don't know if that's much of an improvement over Rubio. I think so. A few more points. Teague. A few more points, well, yeah. a better offensive player, so. Teague was, yeah, Teague was good. And now it's all about buying into Thibodeau's defensive approach, which is something that they didn't do in year one. So we'll see how it goes yeah, in, in year two. Uh, as far as I've, I'm concerned here, uh, I mean, Utah, you lose all your players. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I get you got Rudy Gobert. That's great. Now you have Ricky Rubio. That's fun, too. Uh, so Spain and France, yay. Uh, have fun in the Mormons, uh, in the Mormon city there. But um, I, that's that's mean, too. Nathan, stop it. I just, that, was, that was rude. I apologize, Utah. The Mormons. Who gives a shit? Nobody likes the Mormons. They're stupid. <laughs> I apologize. I, I, really, I, I kind of do, but I don't about Utah. I'm not a huge fan of Utah. But anyway, th- that being said, I don't like the Jazz this year. And I'm not a fan of the Grizzlies. I, the What the hell is with you and the Grizzlies? What? How many goddamn times do the Grizzlies have to be good? God, you, you just hate the Grizzlies. I don't know. I, I really don't. Uh, you lose you lose Vince Carter and Zach Randolph. They're both oh, old. Oh, my yeah. heavens. They lost two 40-year-old men. My heavens. I know they they go to Sacramento, which is another. If if Philadelphia is the intriguing team in the East, Sacramento is the most intriguing team in the West in terms of a, a just one of these teams that I want to see all the collection that they get. I mean, they did they they knocked it out of the park with their draft. So I'm curious to see what Sacramento is going to do. But Memphis today, I mean, Conley's getting up there. You got Gasol. He and they're they're both very good, but. Um, they, they do have my guy, what, Dylan Brooks from Oregon. They drafted him, so that's good. Um, maybe should have gone back to school another year, Dylan. Uh, Oregon would be a Final Four uh, pick yet again, but nope, that was a dumb move by you. So uh, you can go to Memphis, and I, I just don't like Memphis for whatever reason. Knock them out, and I am inserting Minnesota and Denver in their places. Paul Millsap landing in Denver. I know Danilo Gallinari is no longer there. He's with the Clippers. Uh, but I, I, I like Denver and their, cold, their, their core, Emmanuel Moutier. They got some other big guy who can, uh, you know, besides Kenneth Fareed. 
who, who can do some stuff, some European guy that I'm blanking on the name right now. But uh, give me Denver to replace Nikola U- Jokic, whatever. Jokic, thank you. Uh, so give me Denver to replace Utah, and give me Minnesota to replace Memphis. Uh, New Orleans, I, I'm intrigued by them a little bit to see what a full year of DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis can do, but I ultimately think they will be out. Uh, so I'm going to go Golden State 1, reluctantly Houston 2, Oklahoma City 3, uh they have the hell with four. San Antonio four, Clippers five, uh, Timberwolves six. Uh, who the who the uh, Portland seven and uh, Denver. Denver eight. Uh, so no uh, no Lonzo Ball, no Laker luck this year. Not yet. They're building something good, but unfortunately, I hate uh, which is unfortunate because I hate Levar Ball and uh, do not want to see the Lakers have any sort of success as long as his son is on the team, because I am a spiteful uh, person. But uh, what? Having, yeah, yeah. Do, do you believe that? I mean, I was hoping yeah, that Aaron Rodgers got about spice bowls. That are spice bowls. No, <laughs> spiteful, not spice bowls. Oh. Okay, you're I mean, a spiteful if, person. Okay. Yes, I mean, if they, if we want to go the Old Spice Bowl, I, I certainly think that's possible here for college football. But overall, a spiteful person uh, at times, and so I, I really wish that the Lakers have a terrible year. But uh, those are my eight teams in the Western Conference. It really doesn't matter at the end of the day, because like you said, it all, it, Golden State's winning, and they're going to take on Cleveland in the NBA Finals, so... We've just spent a whole bunch of time talking about this when we already know what's going to happen. Want to see what Houston does? They got a lot of folks. Uh, Spurs, nobody's talking about the Spurs because nobody ever does. Kawhi Leonard, if he can stay healthy. I mean, they were ahead by 20 points or so in that uh, first game in the uh, finals against the uh, Warriors before I think they got swept. And uh, Leonard goes out, and that's the series. Um, Nobody... Again, you can you can try and score more points than Golden State. That's not going to happen. You can try and defend them. Uh, it's very difficult. Only thing I could think of, maybe they play Minnesota in the first round. They give them a series. They play Oklahoma City in the second round. They give them a series. They play Houston in the conference finals, and they're tough on them. Because last year, Golden State swept everybody, didn't they? Uh, except... <clears throat> Yeah, except in the finals, they lost game yeah. four to Cleveland. Lost one game. One game they lost. Because Cleveland had to score 150 points, that's why. Yep. So they swapped everybody, and maybe they play Houston in the finals, and they're worn down, and Cleveland gets them. Maybe. But again, they'll probably play Memphis. They'll probably play, like, I don't know, they sweep everybody again. But, uh, again... We are in the midst of one of the great dynasties in sports. Yep. I think they're winning. I think they're winning over 70 games again. So I'll see many. Uh, hopefully everybody stays healthy. And in uh, Durant missed some time last year. Yep. Didn't seem to matter. Hopefully Curry Thompson stay healthy. Here's what I'll say, Sacken. Here's what I'll say. Okay. I'm putting Memphis as a better record than your Wolves. That's what I'm saying right now. Okay. Well. And if, if they do... Uh, you got to name your kid uh, something, something weird. Just leave the birth certificate empty for about six months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ba- baby baby stack in here. That's what well, that's just what sure. we'll call it. I mean, sure. Yeah. I, here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. If, if Minnesota has a better record than Memphis, they can be uh, 
can be a Viking fan if not he has to be a Packer fan. Yeah, the hell with that. I ain't gonna go that far. No, no, not yet. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to figure out a different bet for that. Uh, but that's that's neither here nor there. Remember, I mean, you did pick Duke to be undefeated here, and they've lost two in a row. So you're maybe maybe Duke 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 Duke. Yeah, remember you said hey, they could be eight and zero, and uh, they've football. They, yeah, Duke football. Don't you remember this a couple weeks ago? Oh, they had what they had at Florida State. They lost against Florida State. That wasn't good. Yeah, so. Bad, Duke. Duke, bad. <laughs> so there you have it. I'm going to take Golden State over Cleveland, uh, though it's certainly going to be interesting seeing uh, Isaiah Thomas alongside Derrick Rose and LeBron James. Fascinating. Uh, and Kevin loves playing center this year. So for whatever that's worth, uh be interesting. So uh, NBA season tipping off. Enjoy the next seven months of regular season basketball. And then uh, don't don't bother tuning in until June. Actually, just don't bother tuning in until June anyway, uh, unless you want to watch the be- the playoffs on TNT and listen to Charles Barkley, which is always entertaining. Um, me, I, me and the Vikings, you and the NBA. There it is. Yeah. Uh, I got nothing else, uh, I guess, apart from Ezekiel Elliott. Apparently, right now, the suspension has been uh, subsided, so he's, he's allowed to play. And the NFL owners and players... Right. Yeah. He's allowed to play again? He's allowed to play again. Jesus Christ, get this thing over with. I know. Uh, and then, what the hell? I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. I mean, it could change by Thursday. Who the hell knows? And then uh, NFL owners and players met on Tuesday. Very productive meeting. The owners, especially Jed York of the 49ers, appear to be uh, alongside. They understand what the players are doing, and they... They they have they certainly have an agreement and a major understanding so that's great we'll see if that can continue or not but uh yeah that that aside I got nothing else yeah you got anything Greg Popovich said some stuff I haven't uh, seen the video yet I will watch the video post haste as soon as we're done with this but um, <clears throat> looking forward to uh, seeing this video of Greg Popovich I, a couple I, of days I ago. will now need to watch it as well. Have you heard of it, at least? I, I have not, no. Oh, my heavens. This sounds like a fantastic video. Uh, so I'll watch that. Um, SDSU basketball starts in a couple weeks. Yeah, they, they had the tip-off uh, thing on Tuesday night this week. So that's they good. have that. I uh, went up there today. Talked to some folks. Mike Dom, Macy Miller. Talk to Macy Miller and Mike Dom, yes. Very good. Very good. Macy Miller coming back from the injury. Mike Dom says he uh, has to get a better body, more uh, chisels or whatever, and he has to work on his defense and his footwork. So that's what he's been told he needs to work on if he would like to play in the NBA. Uh, Nate Walters, I believe, didn't make the roster. So Nate Walters on the Jazz, very, very happy, very pleased, I, I believe. So. Well, I could I could check that out right now because I'm sure they have it there. Yeah, he better have made it. It's it's taking way too long. I'm glad he's not playing in the Turkish league anywhere. So that's that's great. And uh, the the Jazz should be fortunate. So now I, I have I guess now I do have to become a Utah Jazz fan. Um, not buying the not buying the Walters Jazz jersey yet, but uh, but uh, but certainly 
seven, mm. 17 guys on this roster. Dante Exum always hurt. He's hurt again. You have Ricky Rubio as a point guard. Uh, you have Nate Walters as a point guard, some guy. Raul Lito, never heard of him. He's from uh, Brazil. <laughs> Uh, just a guy. So, uh, Walters, hopefully uh, somebody gets hurt and Walters can do some stuff because, uh, yeah, he deserves to play. He's 26 years old, for Christ's sake. Um, he deserves. How how he wasn't in the league the last couple of years is beyond me. Really is. Yeah, a lot of bad players. A lot of bad players. Uh, he's the Kaepernick. He took a knee, so they shunned Nate Walters. Uh, hopefully he sticks around. Uh, Zach Center also not playing. He's all right as well. Yes. So you got that. Um, SDSU, I think the, the women, AJ said they're going to they're gonna try and get back to the way they used to play. Uh, the running and the gunning, fast pace, three-pointers. Good. Uh, the bigs on the perimeter, the guards down low, anybody can do everything. Uh, the jackrabbit. Women of our youth. Very exciting to watch. So I think they're going to get back to that. They're going to be 10 or 12 deep again. Uh, they've got Maya Selland, who, um, freshman. Interested to see what she can do. Maybe she's the next big star. Mm-hmm. Once, uh, Macy and Giebert are done in a couple years. Look out for Madison Giebert. Also got uh, Tegan Larson from Iowa. She went to Roosevelt's. Cody went to Larson's Iowa. cousin, correct, or is this a sister? Um, Cody Larson. Yeah, is it his sister or cousin? Yeah. <laughs> sister. Okay. Right. She's there, and um, she'll have three years to play. I asked him, could you compare her to any other player? And he said Jen Warkentine, so that is high praise. Holy cow. That I mean, Jen Warkentine... Was the, the catalyst? Was the star player on the Jackrabbit team that went thirty-one and two, and was yeah. a seven seed and and took down TCU in the first ever tournament uh, NCAA tournament appearance for the Jacks. So he compared Hagen Larson to the best player they had on the best team they've ever had on a, in, in a school that's had a lot of good players. So mm-hmm. that, that she's I mean she's six two. She can go inside or outside. So, Kagan Larson, get on board now, folks. Very exciting right there. Um, you know, I'm excited. I haven't. I have not been excited for the for the basketball or anything SDSU related. Uh, the football really, really don't care about the football ever. Um, I'm excited about the basketball. Yep. Saturday. I mean, they got they got an NBA player in Mike Dom. Yep. Um, women should get back to. Uh, I mean, these next two years very important. Uh, with Macy Miller and Gebert there. Uh, they didn't really lose much from last year, and they only lose really Ellie Thompson and Lexi Alexander next year. So should yeah. be good. The basketball should be good. For a long and, time. For a long time. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought they should have got into the tournament. as like the last team in last year. Northern Iowa got in. Yep. I thought undeservedly they, yep. they beat Northern Iowa. They play Northern Iowa again this year. And uh, if you're going to come down for a game, old sack attack, I would recommend um, Louisville or Oklahoma. Louisville's on a Sunday, December 3rd, and they play Oklahoma on like a Wednesday night, that next Wednesday night. So you got Northern Iowa, Louisville, and Oklahoma all in one week at home. That's pretty good. 
That is very, very good. Uh, looking forward to that. And looking forward to the men, too. We'll, we'll certainly get into our college basketball preview here probably in a couple weeks as the college basketball season draws nearer, closer at that point. Uh, you know I love college basketball more than just about anything else right now um, in sports. Uh, but I do right now have USD beating the SDSU men. Um, oh, my heavens. That's that's what I'm leaning towards right now. But... Um, it's it's close. I mean, it's them and no one else. I mean, North no no North Dakota State, no Fort Wayne, no nothing. It's the two Dakota schools and everyone else. So we are uh, three weeks away from college basketball. Woo! I love that. We're we're gonna get the preview coming out here in a couple of weeks. But um, I I know. Don't you, know. Yeah. Don't know what the big the big games are. Don't know. You know. What are those big early? It seems like you know college basketball. We 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 know next year what the big game is going to be. I don't know what's you know the big the big games this year. I don't, I don't even know. I uh, I don't know either. I guess right now, but um, and the games are going to be like in three or four weeks, and it's like who who are these? Uh, who are the big? Who are the great games? Who are the great games? We don't even know. Well, I mean, you know, they had the tip off there on Friday. Um, let's see. ESPN is not doing the uh, 24-hour marathon anymore. They are not? That's a... Why the hell not? That's what I say. That's what I say. Why the hell not? That is a a damn shame and a mockery. Uh, It could be because... You're losing... Maybe it's because they're losing viewers left and right, but um, that's... That that's a load of crap right there as far as I'm concerned. Can I interest you? There's a tournament. There's tons of tournaments over the holidays. Uh, tournaments here, uh, Vegas, November 20th and the, through the 22nd. The Men Who Speak Up main events. I don't know what that means. It's called The Men Who Speak Up main events. I have no idea what the hell they're talking about. Not a clue. <laughs> Nor do I. Oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, we'll definitely talk more college basketball here right. as it draws closer. Uh, uh, Ma- Maui Invitational doesn't look too good. You got the VCU Marquettes, Wichita State and Cal, uh, maybe a, a Michigan Notre Dame semifinal. So doesn't know doesn't have your your big, you know your uh, Carolinas or Kentuckys this year. So uh, that that battle for Atlantis seems to be maybe uh, you know best or second best tournament mm-hmm. out there this year. We did a, a, a Villanova Purdue semifinal. It'll be all right. Maybe uh, Villanova, Arizona, the finals. So, mm. yes, some some of the matches, some of the matches. Very good. Um, I know you'll be Creighton, in. The, yeah, Baylor and Wisconsin, Creighton and UCLA, just a litany, a litany of folks. A litany of good teams in there too. Uh, at least teams that well, make besides, it to the NCAA besides, tournament. Besides Villanova, of course. Besides <laughs> Villanova. That's very true. But they have the best uh, dressed coach in the sport, in Jay sure. Wright. Uh, I know you'll be in the cities this weekend. I am sorry, oh, I can't. Yes. I can't be there. Uh, are you going to the Gophers game on Saturday? Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> um, a lot, a lot of bad, a lot of bad things to go to. Uh, Gophers, Illinois, should be awful. Uh, Vikings, Rams, maybe equally as bad. Ravens, they're playing the Ravens. What did I say? The Rams. Either way, bad football. 
You uh, enjoy. Maybe, uh, I, I I encourage you though to uh, enjoy the opening. I I enjoy their opening now. It's like the defend the north. It's kind of like, no, like a Game like of Thrones. That. No, don't okay. like it. Don't like it. Don't like the horn. The horn's okay. Uh, that thing they do at the beginning of the fourth quarter. That's going to be terrible. Oh, the school cheer! Come on, stupid. Friends. Stupid. This ain't Europe. This ain't Europe. We're not soccer. That's going to be bad. Um. Yeah, stadium should be nice. Hopefully, not staring into the sun the whole goddamn time. Um, and we'll see how big this goddamn building is. Hopefully, we can go a Friday night Jazz Warriors or not Jazz Jazz, jazz Timberwolves. Yep. Jazz Wolves. That's their home opener. Uh, maybe check that out. Apparently, they've redone the Target Center. Yes. See what the hell they did to it. That's why the Lynx uh, uh, weren't able to play there this summer. Completely unnecessary, but they spent hundreds of millions of dollars to do that. So uh, why not? And then, of course, the big main event, main event uh, Target Center again on Sunday night, the WWE pay-per-view. Uh, make the trip all worth it. So there we go. Very good. Very good. Well, uh, we'll see if I can swing a trip like this uh, next year. But, uh, but uh, unfortunately, got uh, some home improvement stuff that we're doing uh, mm. right now. So Can I interest you? Okay, we got some November 10th. Georgia Tech and UCLA, they're playing in Shanghai, China. Okay. Duke and Michigan. Duke and Michigan State. We'll see. Yes. Um. We'll see if Michigan State cannot be awful again. North Carolina at Stanford. Eh. Wisconsin at Virginia. Shoot my head. <laughs> the first one to forty wins. Just an abortion, like you wouldn't even believe. Um, Duke and in Indiana should be fine. Uh, Miami at Minnesota. Uh, Louisville at Purdue. Uh, Notre Dame and Michigan State, uh, Florida and Florida, Florida, Florida oh, State. Oh, so Florida. Yeah, there's, uh, of course the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Yeah, uh, Virginia at West Virginia, Huggins and Bunch, Indiana and Louisville. Your Vatex squad got a big chance at Kentucky. Don't see that going well. Nope. Um, Carolina at Tennessee, Butch Davis on a pole match, and you got uh, Louisville at Kentucky around New Year's. So. I guess those are the games. Those are the games. So we finally know what the hell the games are. Not not a great, not a not a lot there. But I paid attention more college basketball last year than any other year. And it was very good. Yep, and we'll 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 continue to do it again. Uh, scandal or no scandal, FBI or no FBI. But enjoy That's the right. enjoy the weekend in the cities, and uh, look forward to recap it with you next week, my friend. All right, we will see you later. And I'll bitch about the Vikings more. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, let me know what you think of the stadium. It's truly state of the art. I think you will enjoy it. It should be good. It should be fantastic, I think. Very good. Very good. Thank you, Krenz. All right, we'll see you. Travis Krenz joining us here at Sports Block Podcast. Appreciate his time. As always, uh, you can find this podcast online, available on iTunes. Just search Sports Block. Uh, also, Follow me on Twitter at ND Stacken. Also on Facebook, Nathan Stacken will have a post, uh, a link, a posting with the link uh, to this podcast here in the middle part of the week, as we always do. But coming up next, uh, we will talk with Charlie Hildebrand. More insight on college football. I'm introducing a new game. And of course, we'll play Bull Bound or Not as well. That's coming up here on the Sports Block Podcast. Now on iTunes. Continuing here on the Sports Block Podcast, uh, pleased to be joined by my good friend from the Sioux City Journal, Mr. Charlie Hildebrand. Uh, Charlie, how are we doing today? You're our resident college football expert. Lots happened this last weekend. 
Yeah, a lot has happened this weekend. I mean, it's it's one of the most eventful, like non end of the regular season or end of, or like during full game season. Like for for the middle of October, it was pretty darn eventful. Yeah, and you you go into this week not expecting much. I mean, college game day was at James Madison for crying out loud. So uh, just. Incredibly weird week. It started. You kind of got a feeling that something was, you know, that the weekend was going to be very uh, odd. When on Friday night, both Clemson and Washington State lose uh, on the road to unranked teams. Now, in Clemson's case, Kelly Bryant, their their star quarterback, he got hurt. Uh, he was dealing with a bit of an ankle injury, but then suffered a concussion, and Clemson lost by three. And Washington State, I don't know if they just didn't show up. Maybe they got lost in the wildfires out there in Northern California. I shouldn't joke about that, because that's a very serious thing going on there. But uh, the gist of it is that they, they lose 37-3. to So we should have had a feeling then that Saturday would be full of uh, oddities as well. Yeah, I mean, it was really crazy. I mean, you throw in that, like, Clemson, of, of all the top ten teams that lost, I think they each have their own specific thing that makes it interesting or weird. Clemson and Syracuse, the weird thing about that was that was probably the one where I think the talent gap between the top ten team and the other team was the widest. Mm-hmm. And Clemson lost. Now, I mean, obviously, it was at Syracuse, it was at night on a not Saturday and as we've seen over the years usually with Thursday games because more games are on Thursday but you know during the week on the road weird stuff just happens and I think that's just kind of how Clemson got hit. I think um, of the four top ten teams that lost I feel like Washington State while I think they're good is probably the least talented not mm-hmm. likely good coach and they get guys to do their system right I'm not like knocking them I just I don't think they have as much talent across the board as Clemson, Auburn, or Washington does. Right. No. So, but, but with that said, they were still ranked in the top ten. And if you would have told me Cal would win, I would say, like, well, I guess that could happen. There's no way I would have guessed they would lose by 34, though. I mean, when, like, when we think of Cal, Cal's usually not good at football. They had a few years that were good. And it was usually because they had a great quarterback or they were good on offense. Mm-hmm. And it's weird when it's like, what, Cal's good on Right. I and, mean, and it, it, it's basically the same thing, more or less, with Washington. Also, that Arizona State, like I think it was in terms of uh, yards per play on defense, which you know, total offense or total defense isn't always the best way to measure, especially with hurry up and no no huddle offenses. Arizona mm-hmm. State, like one of the five worst defenses in the country, though, and the way they just stonewalled Washington. I mean, I guess they were helped out by a few missed field goals by the Washington kicker. Yep. Like, I, I thought Washington could, you know, roll out of bed like a college senior taking an exam at <laughs> one in the afternoon that overslept and forgot about it. Mm-hmm. And just like, oh, I've got a test in six minutes. I thought they could roll out of bed, show up, and still score 30 against a bad Sun Devils defense. But, but they weren't bad on Saturday night. Well, and that's perhaps the most perplexing loss of the weekend in terms of the upsets that we saw as Washington. I mean, Arizona State, you just mentioned it. They have one of the worst defenses, especially in the secondary, in all of college football. How, I mean, in Jake Brown, it's not like Washington was starting a, like a 
a freshman quarterback or you know a backup quarterback who had never played no, before. But, it's but Jake. Not a senior, but a junior quarterback. Right. He started since day one as a true freshman. Yeah. So I mean, Jake. Two and a half year starter. Jake Browning is one of the better quarterbacks in college football, uh, and I, I, I'm just at kind of a loss for words as to what was going on, and I, I, I just I don't get it. I, I don't get it at all. Now I do wonder. In part, you know, Chris Peterson, the Washington head football coach, has apologized to the fans about all these late kickoffs uh, that Washington's been getting because it kind of hurts the brand that, that, you know, they're not getting that national exposure because half the country has gone to bed by the time uh, they've even they've kicked off. I mean, they're always in these Pac-12 after dark games. So I don't know. Do, do you think is there any percent chance at all that they kind of got caught up in that and like yeah why are we always in these games and just kind of failed to show up I'm not saying that that's at all the, I mean, the major reason why but it, does it play any role in it that they're just kind of fed up with these time slots I don't think it really does you have if there's any percent chance I don't think I can comfortably say there's a zero percent chance okay. I suppose there's like a four percent chance I don't think it matters for the players if you want to say that Chris Peterson or a couple of other coaches were maybe a bit distracted and not operating at 100% efficiency, I could maybe buy that. But I don't think this is something where you're distracted, you know, by, like, players going to prison or, you know, having to... I mean, I think it might be a little bit of a distraction, but it's pretty low on the distraction scale. Mm-hmm. I think, honestly, it's just something... And we see this in college football all the time, and it's you know it's like people who play poker or other things. I just just when you think you got things figured out, that's when you get a curveball sometimes. And you know you play night games on the road, especially in conference. There's just weird things that happen sometimes. I mean, you you look at these these teams that are highly ranked. I mean, I mean, I think we can consider now TCU certainly has proven themselves to be one of the better teams. They go into Kansas State and. Through lightning delays, they manhandle uh, AARP, Bill Snyder, and the Wildcats. Uh, but you look at Wisconsin, they struggle to beat Purdue, though Purdue is better this year than in previous years. I mean, Miami struggles to beat Georgia Tech. They had to kick a last-second field goal. But yeah, both of, both Wisconsin and Miami are undefeated, and now they're in the top ten. I, but yet, do you get the sense that they are truly one of the top ten best teams in college football? I, I don't. I, th- I feel like college football this year doesn't have a lot of, you know, like, a lot of great teams. There are many good teams, but some teams that probably are a little overrated than what they're slotted or ranked in right now. Here's what I'll say. I don't think that Wisconsin or Miami are, I don't think either of them are among the 10 best teams in the country, but you kind of alluded to it. If they're not, I don't know who is, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think we could feel comfortable as of right now saying, you know, Alabama and Georgia and Penn State and uh, TCU, even though they lost, we could probably throw Clemson in there. And that's five. If you want to throw in Ohio State, that's six. After that, it starts kind of getting harder of like, okay, who is who's definitely one of the ten best? I mean, maybe Notre Dame at seven. Yeah. But to come up with three more, that's when you start getting into, or you've either got to pick Miami or Wisconsin, or you got to pick one-loss teams that at times have looked flawed, you know, like Oklahoma or 
I mean, I guess I, I was going to say Michigan. I don't think Michigan's one of the ten best, but I mean, someone's got to get in there, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, not now, but I mean, certainly by the end of the season. And Notre Dame didn't play this week, uh, but what do we make of Notre Dame? Because I certainly am having a hard time thinking they're a, a top ten team. It, it, maybe it's based off last year, last year's four and eight team. Lest we remind you that Notre Dame did go four and eight last year. Uh, that's right. Uh, I mean, never forget. Never. No, that's right. Never forget. So I, I just, I'm having a difficult time this year, kind of really figuring out who the truly good teams. Are. I mean, look at the ACC with North Carolina State. I mean. There, with Clemson's loss, North Carolina State's in a potential driver's seat right now to win the ACC Coastal Division. I mean, that's... Yeah, North Carolina State controls their own destiny in mid-October in college football, which is kind of weird to say. Yeah, it, it just, it just, I mean... I'm, I'm quite frankly at a loss for words as to what, what we should expect or w- really what we know throughout really... Throughout everything, and I should say it's the it's the Atlantic, not the uh, not the coastal, that North Carolina State's in. But I, I don't know. It's it's just this week. I think kind of makes you now question more than anything, like just who really is good in college football apart from Alabama. I mean, it seems like Alabama and the rest of the field. And it seems like we get a weekend like this every year. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. not always upset filled. It could be. It could be a, a, or a week where there's a whole bunch of games between ranked teams, and we think this is where we see who's really good, and all of those are one team just beating the snot out of another team. Where you start saying, you're, you start thinking at least, you know, is that is the team that won really that good, or was the other team that was ranked just not any good? But I, I think every sometimes a lot of times more than once a year though, you get weekends like this yep. where it's just like, yep. oh, oh, didn't. Didn't go how we thought it did. We uh, we literally wiped half the pieces off the chessboard and have to figure things out from scratch now. Jim Harbaugh is a very good, uh, you know, college coach. You know, NFL coach. Uh, he was a former quarterback in the NFL, and if it hadn't been for his star running back Higdon, who had 200 yards in Michigan's 27-20 overtime win at Indiana, there's a very good chance Michigan would have lost. What's the, what's the deal with Michigan's offense? What 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 haven't they been able to figure out, and in, in terms of success? I think they just don't have a quarterback right now, or at least a guy playing right now. That's the kind of guy they need. I mean, if you look at other places, he's been. I mean, a lot of people, but he's kind of a quarterback whisperer. Mm-hmm. And prior to this year or last year, I guess, in true. I mean, there's a lot of guys, some who were good, some who were not great, and made them look really good. I think it's just kind of a case of they don't have the right guy at quarterback. I know they've got a uh, – I think he's a true freshman that's redshirting right now. I don't remember his first name. It's Christian McCaffrey's younger brother. And a lot of people think that he might be, like, the chosen one okay. quarterback. So it could just be as simple as they've got the guy. It's just they want to keep his red shirt at this point in the year. And the other two guys weren't – you know, he wasn't ready at the beginning – well, they're sticking. I mean, with the other, with a uh, Spader O'Corn that quarterback. I think this might just be a year where the offense doesn't look good, and we can sort of look at it again next year. I think Michigan's defense is good enough to keep them in any game, but you know, it's kind of alluded to their offense also is bad enough at times that it can blow a lot of Herculean performances from that defense. 
Oklahoma wins the Red River rivalry against Texas, 29-24. They got out to a commanding lead, what, 17 nothing, 20 nothing, something like that. And then Texas came back, made it a game late, but Oklahoma ultimately hangs on to win. Uh, what what What's your biggest takeaway from that one? Did you come away th- feeling confident, like, oh yeah, Oklahoma's back, or do they still... Are they still kind of treading on on thin ice here, even though we haven't gotten to the full first frost and you know the lakes haven't frozen over yet? But uh, I mean they've they've struggled over the last few weeks against the likes of Baylor, of course losing Iowa State, and then struggle here with Texas. Where where are we at with Oklahoma? I think in general you don't always want to take too much from the Red River rivalry slash shootout slash showdown because they change the name of it every. And now they got a gold hat to fight for. I think if it, if it wasn't for the two prior weeks with the loss to Iowa State and struggling with a bad, bad, bad Baylor team, I would just say it's a weird game. You know, Texas has talent. But it, when you look at everything as a whole, it's kind of looking maybe like their defense playing really well against Ohio State and Columbus was maybe a bit more of an aberration than the norm. I think Oklahoma is good enough offensively to do a lot of stuff. I think they could still win the Big 12. In terms of making the playoff or probably winning the Big 12, I don't know if they're going to be able to do it just because while mathematically it's still possible and if they win out, they I think they would get into the playoff. As bad as their defense has looked, I just feel like there's going to be another game or two where it's, it's going to cost them. We, we've already mentioned you know, that there were four top 10 teams that lost uh, Auburn, number 10, Washington, uh, Clemson, and Washington State. You can include, you could pick one of them if you so choose, but there were quite a few other teams, unranked teams, that had considerably bad losses this week. So give me one or two that really stuck out to you, because I know, I know two right off the bat, and they're both unranked. Well, personally, I'm, I, I would say Nebraska okay. lost to Ohio State six out. Sure. just in the way that it was so so handily that the Buckeyes dominated. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head of some other ones that stick out. Sure. Because uh, uh, I know I had to put together the college football top 25 for work, and there were some other upsets in there. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm not talking West South Virginia, Dakota. I mean, I guess, I'm not surprised. West Virginia beat Texas Tech. But it was in Morgantown. I'm not real surprised by that. David Sills, let me tell you, that wide receiver for West Virginia, I'm the, I've become a big fan of his. He is tremendous. Good player. And it's, it's weird how once Will Greer stopped playing at Florida, but when he got suspended and then left, that uh, Florida's offense was really, really, really bad. Yeah, weird how that works, huh? It really but, is. Um, so I guess a couple, and, and, and you could tell me if there's any other... Uh, ones that come to mind, but Tennessee failing to score a touchdown against South Carolina, losing 15-9. That's a bad loss for Butch Jones, Char- uh, Travis's favorite head coach. Uh, he's probably going to get the axe here soon. And then the other one I that... Think, I think I said this on the other podcast yep. we do. Maybe I did not remember, but I get the sense that for most people in Tennessee, getting shut out of home by Georgia was the final nail in the coffin and for anybody else left it was this loss to a mediocre South Carolina team and that the only reason they're not firing them right now is because their next game is at Alabama Mm -hmm. and you don't want to fire him and then have an interim coach in your first game lose by 
50 points and just say, oh. But I, I think they're basically, they've, and I don't have any inside info, this is just speculation, but that that they're going to fire them after the Alabama game because they know that they're just going to get, like, annihilated. Like, I saw that uh, the spread for Alabama-Tennessee was the highest it's ever been before, I think I saw. Alabama's favored by 34 points. Oh, my gosh. And when you think about how when we were, you know, when we were kids, when Tennessee was, even by the time we were in college, I mean, Tennessee wasn't great every year anymore at that point, but they still had years where they won the East and won 10 games. And you think about them being a, a five-touchdown underdog to a conference opponent is just crazy. Yeah, well, and just to piggyback on that Tennessee uh, train here, that thought for a moment, you know, like with – I mean, they lost Joshua Dobbs. I mean, Dobbs was a very good quarterback for them. You know, was he one of the the best in the country? I don't know. I mean, he was he was definitely like a top ten quarterback headed into the NFL draft. Uh, but you know, so Tennessee brings in this other guy and he uh, like Darmody or something, and he he struggled. I mean, he he's very bad. I think he got benched already. Uh, but it's like with North Carolina. I think he has Team also. Oh, he has said, okay, well, that's probably good. He should probably retire from football because he was not very good or, you know, go play at Division Two or uh, FCS school or something. Um, but I guess that aside, the, you know, North Carolina had Trubisky last year and they were great. And this year they suck. They're one and six. Larry Fedora's having a, a tough year in there, but you're, you're bringing in a new quarterback. So I wonder if it's in part just that there is some growing pains moving from a guy like Dobbs to to the next guy up for Tennessee, and they don't have that right. Yeah. So is this, I mean, Tennessee wants to be considered a power in the SEC, especially in the SEC East with the likes of Georgia and Florida, and they want to beat, you know, at the Alabamas and Auburns. But it, could this year be considered a bit of a transition year with the fact that you are going to a new quarterback? I understand what you're saying, and I think you bring up some valid points. The problem for Tennessee... Their fans don't like it. I don't think Dobbs... Like, I think Dobbs was fine. He was a solid college quarterback. I don't think he was great. But but he was a multi-year starter who did some good things and won some games. But, like, they're not in year three. I think this was year five for Butch Jones. Mm-hmm. They routinely recruit in the top 15 and finish incredibly highly yep. in the rankings. And even losing a quarterback, they should still be talented enough to win in basically a garbage division where yep. Georgia looks really good. Nobody else in the SEC East really looks good. Florida looks bad. They lost to Florida. I don't. I mean, I think there's other teams in the SEC East that'll go to a bowl game, but this isn't the SEC from you know six years ago where yep. you know. People would chant SEC and it annoyed all the rest of us because we weren't SEC people. And we begrudgingly had to admit they were the best conference. Where now it's like, well, you've got two teams that are good and everybody else. So, and and this just goes into why Butch is going to get fired at the end of the year. Is that I I think at a lot of schools where they've won national titles and they win a lot of games every year, they want to be good. And there's always the super high expectations people that want to win a national title every year. Mm-hmm. I think outside of Alabama right now, that's only because they've got Saban right now, most other places think more, you know, I get that we're not going to win the national title every year, but let's be really good and compete and have a chance in our conference. In the SEC, it's, let's at least win the East. And 
It's just they look so bad. Oh, yes. And it doesn't help when you've got guys dunking footballs into a trash can on the sideline. Yes. And Butch Jones is saying weird quotes. Like he said, this isn't a word-for-word quote, but he said something like, we played really well against South Carolina. The only problem was we didn't score enough touchdowns. And it's like, well, you're not helping yourself now. No. It, and I totally get it. I was just trying to play devil's advocate here, but I mean Tennessee is is struggled for a while. And like you said, the the it's nice that Butch is bringing in these top ten, top fifteen, top twenty recruiting classes. But you at some point you got to do something with them. Then uh, last year was their year, I think, because Florida wasn't that good, Georgia wasn't good, right? Nobody else in the East was, and all they had to do, I think, they only had to beat Kentucky and Vanderbilt to win the East. And they walked to both of them, yep. which is how Florida got in again. Uh, I think that the team that ha- arguably had the worst loss, the unranked team, Tennessee aside, and maybe the worst loss of the weekend outside of Washington, was Louisville. How do you lose to Boston College yeah, in Louisville and give up 45 points? Uh, I mean, A.J. Dillon uh, is apparently one of the better running backs, younger running backs. He's a freshman, uh, highly touted recruit. Um, so Boston College has some uh, has a good guy in there that they can build their offense around. But, I mean, for crying out loud, Louisville, how do you lose this game to a just a, a bad Boston College team? There's no other way to, to put it. The fact that Boston College, who routinely has one of the worst offenses in the country, found it was 45-42, yep. I think. Yep. That you give up 45 points to Boston College is horrible. I, I don't remember the exact couple of stats. I'm trying to think what they were, but it was like that Boston College hadn't scored this many points in a game period in, I think, two years, and they hadn't scored this many points in a conference game in like five or six years. And to do it again, I mean, Louisville doesn't bring in the same level of talent that Florida State or Clemson does, but it's not like Louisville can't get good players there. Right. Their defense was a little bit up and down last year, I know, and I think their defensive coordinator left. There's no way. Nobody outside of, like, Kansas should have a defensive coordinator and the staff and players that things go so poorly that Boston College and Steve Adazio put up almost half a hundred on you. Yep. No, I, like I said, I think I said this on Sunday night when we did the Google chat. Uh, when Louisville's men's basketball program receives the death penalty, the football team should just follow suit for losing uh, 45-42 to Boston College because that's uh, you should just stop playing football right there. Uh Anything else from the college weekend? And I guess looking forward to next weekend too, the big game, of course, Michigan at Penn State. I got Saquon Barkley and Penn State winning this one here, but are there any other games this upcoming week that uh, that really excite you? I think also this weekend, or this next weekend, is uh, USC at Notre Dame. Yes. Both ranked. Uh, both have a loss. USC's look weird at times this year, but I think that's, it's going to be a real prove-it game for both of the teams. That mm-hmm. You know, somebody's going to win, and whoever wins, we're going to look at much more favorably, and everyone's going to kind of point and laugh at the loser. You know, if it's USC, it's going to be, oh, look, USC hyped up again and can't come through. And if it's Notre Dame, then I think we, 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 we all will use the same jokes we always use to make fun of Notre Dame. Yeah, I guess you look at the slate here, and like I say, it's Michigan and Penn State and USC Notre Dame, and that's pretty much it. I mean, the, the rest of this schedule is not very good. Um, 
but th- we said the same thing last week and look at all the you know all the stuff we got. I mean, Oklahoma at Kansas State, that's a bit of an intriguing game. Uh and let's see, Tennessee at Alabama, we discussed that one already. I mean, Oklahoma State at Texas, I think that could be a, a doozy of a game. But uh, overall, no, P- Purdue at Rutgers. Let me just give kudos to Rutgers. Has Rutgers turned the corner? They beat Illinois 35-24. Has Rutgers turned the, the, the corner with getting this thing back on track, getting their football program on track? No, but they've at least <laughs> turned the corner of not being the worst team in the conference this year, which, which is saying something for Rutgers. Yeah, all right. Fair enough. Uh, and to be fair to Purdue, Purdue only lost by eight points to Wisconsin on Saturday. That's right. Like, Purdue yep. went from being, it used to be Rutgers and Purdue were easily the worst two teams. Rutgers might be the second worst team. Purdue might be like the ninth best team in the Big Ten this year. Yeah, that's and that's saying something. They've done, they've done very well this year, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, quickly, before we get to our games here, uh, you, of course, are in the area where the Sioux City Journal does cover USD. You, you cover uh, cover them you know, with your podcast along with uh, Iowa State and Iowa and Nebraska. Um, they trounced Indiana State 56-6. to uh, Chris Strebler is amazing. He's doing some fantastic things there, uh, the quarterback for USD. And then SDSU with an embarrassing loss. I don't think that's a, that's a strong enough word. Uh, losing on Hobo Day to Northern Iowa, 38 to 18. What whatever could go wrong went wrong for them. Uh, but uh, this is something that uh, that I did certainly did not expect uh, coming into this year. No, I I mean in South Dakota State's got to play both North Dakota State and USD still. And, yep. You know, prior to this year, everyone would laugh about USD. I mean, USD was really really good. I don't know what the stats were for the USD Indiana State game, but I know going into the game, Chris Strebler hadn't had an interception. He didn't have one in this one. I think he all was year. Yeah, twenty-seven of thirty-two for like three hundred yards and four touchdowns is what I saw. So I think that puts him up to about twenty-five touchdowns and zero turnovers on the year, which is an incredibly impressive and efficient and phenomenal ratio. Yeah. I'm going to call it right now. They're going to beat the Bison in Fargo again. Back-to-back years. I'm calling the shot right now. I mean, it's interesting because I know the, I, I don't, I'm blanking on the coach's name. But I know he left Western Illinois to go to USD. And they were they had a lot of close losses last year. They are just... I mean, it, it, I, I, we should say it helps that Strebler started at Minnesota. So... And, and I, like I want to be careful in saying this because you and I both know, you know, you're in Fargo, yep. and you've seen this. But that just because you're at an FCS school, it doesn't mean that like everybody in the FCS is better. Right. And I think a lot of people make that mistake that like if you're a top twenty FCS school, you're probably better than about the bottom forty or fifty of the FBS. Yeah. But but Strebler at USD running that offense. I mean, it just goes to show, like how how well he runs it, how he's just perfectly suited for it, and also how you know Minnesota, who's kind of going back and forth with musical chairs, probably he's a guy like that. Do, do you think? Let's let's just flip the let's flip the the positions around here. If Connor Rhoda was in Vermilion right now, would he be putting up this the the amount of success that? Uh, that Strebler is, and then vice versa. Would Strebler be doing better than what Connor Rhoda is doing right now at the U of M? I think Strebler would be doing better than the Minnesota guy. I don't think the Minnesota guy would be doing as well. And that's 
That's not to knock him. I think maybe he could end up being good, but like I'm not as in tuned to FCS football to the same degree as FBS. Sure. I do know that the Heisman for one double A is the Walter Payton Award. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Trevler's going to win it. He might be like one of the five or so finalists for that award, though. I mean, he's having that kind of a year. Oh, without question, without question. Um, let before we get to bull bound or not, I have and real, a, and real quick. Yeah. Also, it's unfortunate that our Jack's lost. Oh, um, yeah. Just if it's embarrassing. Talk, if we're gonna, like, you have to quantify worst loss. Some people talk worst losses and getting smoked by fifty by a team that's really good. If you lose badly to a team that's really good, I can always stomach that more. Like Youngstown you State. Say like, hey, like, like, or, or, or even if they would lose to North Dakota State this year. I mean, I, I don't want this to happen. No. But if they lost to North Dakota State forty-two to six, I would be like, that sucks. Yeah. But at least we know that North Dakota State's really, really good. Yeah. You would like this might be the worst loss since I think it was two thousand when they lost uh, Wisconsin lacrosse uh, like Division yeah. 3 school the first team that game of the year yeah. this might be their worst loss since that I don't I don't know if I can quite go that far because Northern Iowa uh, is I mean don't get me wrong I'm not saying Northern Iowa is bad right when you take everything into account that you know yeah no all the guys they had coming back how good they were supposed to be Northern Iowa was not great it's in Brookings Hobo days and all of that stuff and it's just like, not only did you, like, how do you look this bad? Especially with the talent that they have on offense. You know, Wernicke and Goddard and Christian, this shouldn't be happening. I mean, it, it, and I think Chase Vinatieri does have the potential to be a really good kicker. He just had a bad day, but he certainly needs to be more consistent. I mean, he call up his uncle. Call call Adam up and say, hey, I need some pointers. Adam, just fly into Sioux Falls and, you know, drive up 45 minutes up I-29 to... to um, Brookies. I'm sure Chase wouldn't mind getting a few pointers. I'm sure he has his contact information. I'm sure. I bet most people who come to so. South Dakota State don't have a way to contact Adam Vinatieri. I feel like Chase and Pines can be pretty easily getting the contact with him. I, I would certainly hope so. I'd certainly hope so. Uh, so, before we get to uh, Bullbound or not, got a new quick, uh, quick little game here that we have. It's called When Will They? Uh, and okay. we we won't. Uh, I don't know how long this this game will last, but uh, it's when will they? And it's either going to be win their first game or lose their first game. And we're going to go with win their first game this week or you know, this week because there are a few teams at the FBS level who still do not have a win. So okay. uh, so far, I like this game. I like the idea of it. So if you need a moment or so to to get to a computer or something so you can pull up the schedule. I will try and and do my best here. But I'm just looking at it right now. And the first team that I come across is in the Big 12, and it's the Baylor Bears. Baylor, 0-6 this year. Uh, I don't know if it it shouldn't be hashtag as expected because their non-conference was incredibly weak. But when you lose to Liberty and uh, Texas San Antonio at home, it kind of is foreshadowing just how bad your season's going to be. So, Charlie, I ask you, when will they, when will Baylor win their first game? Well, I'm pulling up on an iPad quick, ESPN, so I can go to standings and then click on teams to get their 
individual um, schedules. Um, I don't think I don't, and then some of these I think might depend on location. Some of them won't. Like I feel confident that, uh, or I guess they already played Oklahoma State. I think I don't think TCU's played Baylor. I feel confident TCU's going to beat Baylor. That's the last game of the year. Yeah, regardless of where the game's played at. I think Iowa State is probably going to beat Baylor regardless. I don't know who. That's we a, could, that's other, a, than, other than Baylor in Kansas, I don't know who the third worst team in the Big 12 is. It might be Iowa State, but I think Iowa State will beat them. Uh, part of it is I want to – I'm stalling a bit as this sure. is uh, – Loading. No, and I, I get I it. I, I, it. I, I, Baylor, I, Kansas. I want to know: is, is it in Waco or is it in Lawrence? Uh, Baylor in Kansas. It is in Lawrence. Well, I'm going to say Baylor will not win a game. Or, or, or sorry, how how are we wording the game again? When, when, when will they win a game? What? Yeah, it's just when will they? Will they win a game this year? Will it be next year? Or I mean, I mean, you could say they're going to go winless this year. That's totally fine. When will they? Not until twenty eighteen. Very good, <laughs> very good. Um, I will. I'll only give you a couple. Of this will just be a preview week here, and then um, next week I'll try and get the the teams to you here a little sooner, uh, so that you can look at the at the schedule and um, and go from there. But the one, uh, this next team that I have here, there is. I'll give you an easy one here because the two teams play against each other this week. It's 0-6 UMass against 0-5 Georgia Southern. So let me ask you, Mr. Charlie Hildebrand, when will UMass win their first game? Let's put it this way. I know when Georgia Southern will win their first game. It's going to be this weekend. Okay, okay, there we go. UMass couldn't even beat Tennessee, and Tennessee's garbage. We know that by this point. <laughs> UMass should be embarrassed that they couldn't beat Tennessee. That's so true. So true. Um, I will say, if I um, UMass does play Maine on November 11th. If we're looking for a game that UMass can win, it's that one. Yeah, if I they, think that's If they lose to Georgia Southern, now the Georgia Southern game is at home, so... We'll see, but you think Georgia Southern will beat UMass this week? So that's it's just a brief preview. We'll, uh, I think we'll 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 roll this game out here more next week. Um, I'll get you the teams here that uh, that we'll use. But let's go to the game that, of course, is sweeping the nation, especially the region. I mean, I have Marshall in Minnesota; he loves it. Uh, Spencer in Iowa; he's a fan of this game. Gregory in South Dakota can't get enough of it. So it's bull bound or not. Jefferson in Missouri. Yes, of course, Jeff. I mean, how could I forget Jefferson? He's a he's a good friend of the program, a loyal listener. Uh, and Lawrence in Kansas. Like Justice in Maine. Yes, yes, uh, Lawrence in Kansas too. They just they can't get enough of this game. So, uh, with that being said, I asked Travis. I saw Jose in California. Yes, yes, of course. You know. Jose. All right, sorry, I'll stop. Go ahead. <laughs> I asked Travis this last week. I will ask it to you this week. Is Florida State bull bound or not? Uh, let's see. They I'm did beat Duke, and I think that win against Duke might be the the game that can get them in. And I think that makes them two and three. Yes. 
Okay, hold on a second. I am literally holding on to Florida State with my thumb on my iPad, pressing open a new tab. So I can see this schedule. They're two and three, and I know they had at least some of their games. Actually, I didn't think of this before, but some of the games canceled by that hurricane. Yeah. It's going to be harder because they don't have. Yep. Getting to, getting to six wins when you have 12 is easier than getting to six wins when you only have 10 or 11 games. Right. Um. Oh, I, wish I, I can get the schedule here too if it, if you're if it's okay. It, yeah, let's let's do yep. that. So, home, okay, I, they're at two right now. So yep, home against Louisville this week. Then they're at Boston College, home to Syracuse, at Clemson, home to Delaware State, and at Florida. I think Florida State. Is going to go to a bowl game. I don't think it's going to be pretty. I don't think it's going to be entertaining and how they get there. And I just had this thought occur to me. Florida, Florida State might be a game where in the past it has been the biggest game of the weekend. Mm-hmm. A huge rivalry game with so much on the line. It might be for both teams to go to a bowl game this year because Florida is also bad. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, I... I agree. I agree completely there. Um, they... I, I do think Florida State's going to find a way to get there, though. Okay. Uh, well, give, give me a conference here, and I'll pull a, pull a team up. Uh, I wish I remembered which conferences I picked well, I, I know we did, like, SEC and the Big uh, Big Ten. Um, might be the Pac-12. I think the Big 12. Yep. Let's do, let's do the ACC or the Big Ten. Okay, well let's let's look at uh, you know what we'll go with the, a team that's that's close to home here for both of us. How about Minnesota? Three and three is Minnesota bowl bound or not? I will meet their remaining schedule. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll get that here. Uh, they're I'm home to Illinois. Oh, go ahead. They're home to Illinois this week, so that well, I mean that yeah, that's certainly four. Uh, then let's see. I mean they've they've lost their three uh, road games. I mean Purdue was a fourteen point win, but that was a late touchdown. Uh, so they're home to Illinois. They're at Iowa, at Michigan, home to Nebraska, at Northwestern, and home to Wisconsin. Your your Gophers and my Cornhuskers will be an interesting are interesting spots, and that game between Minnesota and Nebraska is going to be big yep. in both of those teams trying to get to six. And that, that Nebraska is the next team I have that I was going to ask you is Nebraska bowl bound or not? I think Minnesota is bowl bound. Okay, How I about think Nebraska? they will get to six and six. Okay, is Nebraska? Uh, a decade ago was 2007 when Nebraska fired Bill Callahan and did all that stuff. A decade later, everything looks eerily similar that they are getting blown out by conference opponents and everybody's leaving at halftime and they've already fired the athletic director and, oh my gosh, what's going to happen with the head coach? All that's to say, I think it's going to end almost exactly the same way in 2007 or this year as it did in 2007, 
where Nebraska entered the game against Colorado at 5-6, and six, needing a win to go to a bowl game. And instead, they lost by double digits to a mediocre Colorado team uh, and couldn't go to a bowl, and that led to Callahan getting fired. I think it will be the same thing where they will be 5-6 and six playing Iowa in Lincoln. I think Iowa's okay. I think they'll certainly go to a bowl game. I don't think Iowa's anything special. They'll be, oh, who can, can they win for their coach? And then they will not. They'll lose in an incredibly gross, like, 27-10 to 10 game. So, long story short, nope, no bowl game for Nebraska. Um, I'm going to – you can pick uh, one of these other five – or other four teams here that I have. Uh, Maryland, Indiana, Purdue, and Northwestern. Wh- which one do you want to pick? Counter. I will pick two of them, and okay. you pick which one you want to do. I either want to do Maryland or Purdue. Okay, let's go. Let we'll do. You know what? One in the East and one in the West. So let's go Maryland and Purdue. Okay. Maryland three and three, as is Purdue. Games remaining at Wisconsin, home to Indiana, home to Rutgers, home to Michigan, at Michigan State, and home to Penn State. Is Mich- is Maryland bull bound or not? And I, this whole year, have been thinking Maryland was good and was going to get to seven wins. They really have a nasty back half of the schedule. Mm-hmm. Listening to that, I think they're going to get to five. Yep. I don't think I don't think they're going to get to six now, though. I mean, you throw in that they're on their third string quarterback. I know. I'm trying to think of the two. I think I think uh, you said Indiana and Rutgers. Oh yeah, they're in the west or the east. Yep. I think they'll beat Indiana and Rutgers. I don't think they're going to win. All right, and we'll pull up Purdue here. Purdue, like like I said, is three and three as well. Uh, they are in the West. They are at Rutgers this week. Then home to Nebraska, home to Illinois, at Northwestern, at Iowa, and home to Indiana. Is Purdue bowl bound or not? Purdue is bowl bound. Not only are they bowl bound. They might get to seven or eight wins. I, I look in looking at that schedule. Yes, I completely agree. That is a that is a schedule it, that. It's funny how Maryland and Purdue are so incredibly similar in the spots they're in right now, mm-hmm. and are just so different schedule wise. Well, I think if we flip both schedules, I think it would basically be the same. Where I think Maryland would get to seven or eight wins, and Purdue against Maryland's schedule, I think would only get two more. Uh, you said the big. You said the ACC, didn't you? Yeah. All right. Uh, asked you about Florida State. Let me ask you about. Uh, let me ask you about Boston College. I mean, they're three and four. I can't believe I'm saying this, but is Boston College bull bound or not? Remaining games at Virginia, home to Florida State, home to North Carolina State, home to UConn, and at Syracuse. I'm going to say no. I think they might get to five. There were some tougher games in there than I thought they would be, especially when we throw in that Virginia is fairly good now in year two under Bronco Mendenhall. I don't know if, I, if I'm willing to say really good, but they look better, better enough that I don't think Boston College is going to beat them. I say, well, no, I'm sticking with no. That unfortunately, uh, all those special lines of, of uh, Boston College head coach Steve Adazio talking about dudes aren't, aren't going to be as important if he's going to get fired. 
Okay. And they're not going to go to a bowl game. Uh, Duke is 4-3. Remaining games. Home to Pitt. At Virginia Tech. At Army. Home to Georgia Tech. At Wake Forest. Is Duke bowl bound or not? Army is better now than they were like four years ago. That's, I think, the key game in this. I think Duke should beat Army, but like, I wouldn't be shocked if if Army won like twenty to seventeen. It's good for Duke that they're at four, so they only need two. And technically, we could pull the asterisk, uh, get in with your APR record because I feel confident Duke players should have good grades. Yep. If, if not, something's incredibly wrong at Duke. So I, I think I'm going to say Duke gets that. I'm going to say it's a bowl game for Duke. All right, then I'm going to go here to one other conference here. Let's just see. Um, hmm, 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 hmm. Let's go. Actually, do you have one? I, I, I don't. I'm looking here. I was going to look in the Conference USA Uh in, in I was going to talk about a team, yep. partially because I don't know what their record is, sure. but just how they've looked the past couple of weeks. What's Arizona's record right now? Oh, that's a good that's a good call. Uh, they, they have turned things around quickly with a backup quarterback who instantly looks way better than the starter. He runs and looks for like a three hundred yards, channeling his early West Virginia days with uh, Matt White. Yeah, he runs for three hundred yards. It's pretty insane. Uh, Arizona is four and two. They have games. No, so they might easily get to a bowl game. Then. I guess it depends on their schedule. Yeah, so let, let's give you the schedule here. At Cal, home to Washington State, at USC, home to Oregon State, at Oregon, and at Arizona State. I was pretty confident. That's that's tougher than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. They're going to beat Oregon State. I feel incredibly confident in that. And then all they'd have to do is beat Arizona State to go to a bowl game. Yep. Arizona State beating Washington this last week, and I don't know if that's likely. I think of the other teams you mentioned, they're going to find a way to beat somebody with their guy at quarterback, who I've already forgotten. Khalil Tate. Like I saw somewhere, I mean, he set the record for quarterback rushing yards in a game. Yep, over 300 against Colorado. Yeah, and then this past weekend, he had enough rushing yards. He has the highest two-game rushing total ever for a quarterback. Yep. 248 oh. yards this last week against but UCLA. They're going to beat Oregon State. I think it's a 60-40% chance they beat Arizona State, and I think they're going to beat someone else in a bit of an upset that you mentioned. So I think uh, I think Arizona is going to be at either six or seven wins. And Rich Rod, who we were writing off, uh, certainly I was writing off in our preseason thing for wins. I think I had Arizona at three and nine. Rich Rod getting fired. Uh, he's going to figure things out in the desert, though. So they back in the bowl. All right, uh, one more team here, uh, and we'll go with, uh, let's see. Let's go t- in, in Conference USA. I'm going to take Louisiana Tech. They're 3-3. Three and three. Uh, it, There are some terrible teams here in, in the Conference USA. So looking at the schedule, it seems pretty easy, but home to Southern Miss, at Rice, home to... North Texas, home to Florida Atlantic at UTEP, and home to UTSA. Uh, is Louisiana Tech bowl bound or not? I think they're bowl bound. I think it's going to be a six and six. It's not. A, they're going to get to seven or eight, and it's going to be comfortable. And they might sweat it out. But I think 
to make, I think both both Terry Bradshaw and Carl Malone, I think, went there mm-hmm. to keep uh, alum Bradshaw and Malone happy. I think the Bulldogs are, are getting the sickness back. And uh, their, their coach is Holtz. Is that Lou Holtz's son? Got to be. Just Skip Holtz, the coach at Louisiana Tech now. Uh, that's what I'm thinking. Oh man, I might have to rethink this. Maybe they won't go to a full game after all. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to say that they get there at six and six. I don't. It's not going to be. Well, I'm, I'm going to quit saying that because it's going to sound cliche. I think. I think you're going to find a way to, to grip their teeth and get through it and find a way to get there. Very good. Well, we will have more bull bounder ne- or not next week. We will have more of when will they? I'll get you the teams. And uh, we'll see what happens this weekend. But, Charlie, thanks so much for joining us, as always. And uh, we'll talk next week, my friend. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Looking forward to next week. Very good. Thank you. Charlie Hildebrand, uh, kind enough to join us here. Sioux City Journal. Appreciate his time and effort, as always. uh, Resident college football expert. We'll see what happens this weekend. Again, two big games. USC at Notre Dame. Michigan at Penn State. So we'll see what happens there. Let's wrap up the show, though, here. I'll take a look back at what happened week six in the NFL, besides Aaron Rodgers getting injured, and preview week seven here to come. It's the picks here on the Sports Block Podcast. Let's put a bow on the show here, as we always do on the Sports Block Podcast during football season, with a look back at what happened uh, previous week in the NFL and preview next week's games or offer some predictions, which is, you, know, you no doubt know by now, have been terribly wrong so far by me this year. And I just, I don't get it. And I don't know why I keep doing this, but we're going to anyway. Uh, Start out Thursday night. Eagles beat the Panthers 28-23. Uh, Carson Wentz played decent in this one. Cam Newton did not through three interceptions. Uh, a couple of odd plays here by the Panthers late in the game. Uh, they had a chance to win it twice, actually, uh, and didn't run the ball at all. They couldn't run the ball in general, but third and fourth and one and they choose to throw it deep not 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 the best game plan from the Panthers and the Eagles beat them 28 to 23 one of the shockers of the day happened in Atlanta on Sunday where Miami was down 17 to nothing at half came back to beat the Falcons 20 to 17 yet another second half collapse by the Falcons this season uh, we've seen this time and time again with them and uh, you, you just lost a ball uh, to Buffalo here a couple weeks back, would have expected better from them against the offensively challenged Dolphins. Jay Ajaya runs for 130 yards in this one. Dolphins win. Uh, another shocker of the day, the Bears and Trubisky beat Baltimore in Baltimore 27-24 to uh, in overtime. Bears, uh, you know, Trubisky didn't have to do that much. They didn't ask him to do much. He was, what, 8-16 of 16 for 115 yards, touchdown and a pick. Uh, Tariq Cohen threw a touchdown in this one, but I, I don't get what Baltimore's doing here. Uh, uh, I don't get it at all, and it, it's certainly not good off offensively for them. Uh, Campanero actually returned a punt for a touchdown. That's what got them tied with the Bears, but certainly puzzling to say the least. Uh, Cleveland, I'm sure Hugh Jackson is glad that this game is behind him uh, because it doesn't have to answer any questions about Deshaun Kaiser versus Deshaun Watson anymore. Kaiser didn't start in this one. Kevin Hogan did. Didn't matter. It was 33-3 at one point. Houston over Cleveland. Cleveland scores on a pick six and another garbage touchdown late. They lose to the Texans 33-17. Deshaun Watson, amazing once again. What, three touchdowns? He was sensational. Uh, No doubt, you do know by now, unless you've been living in a pineapple under the sea or living under a rock, 
that Aaron Rodgers is out. Anthony Barr caused the injury, and the Vikings beat the Packers 23-10. And this game was far closer than it needed to be. Uh, Jerick McKinnon fumbled it very close to the red zone here. The Vikings were driving late. Uh, Keenum throws a pick when the Vikings were driving. So this game could have been a whole lot uh, further apart than that. But uh, Vikings win 23-10. Tied with the Packers for first in the NFC North and have to be, at this point, at least considered the favorites. And that's because the Detroit Lions got shellacked by the Saints in New Orleans, 52-38. to Cameron Jordan had a pick six in this one and he was tipped in. Uh, he Tipped pass, caught it in the end zone. Uh, Kenny Vaccaro recovered a fumble in the end zone. Overall, the Saints defense had three touchdowns in this one. Forced many turnovers from Matthew Stafford and the Lions. Uh, the Lions made a comeback, but ultimately, New Orleans just too much. They win 52-38, to highest scoring game of the year by far in the NFL. Jets and Patriots. Patriots overcame a 14-0 deficit to beat the Jets 24-17, but all anyone is talking about is the... Uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins, the Jets tight end, and his uh, touchdown that ended up getting overturned and ruled as a touchback. If you see it, you can see that he does fumble the ball uh, while cross, you know, right before crossing the goal line. But it would appear that he does regain possession. Al Riveron, the new NFL head of uh, vice president of officiating, didn't see that. Uh, saw it otherwise, and. The touchdown got overturned. Jets fans are ticked. Patriots fans survive. Again, they win 24-17. Washington got out to a commanding lead over San Francisco. Brian Horner got benched in favor of C.J. Beathard, the quarterback from Iowa. And then San Francisco just got rolling. Washington had to survive one late. And they beat San Francisco 26-24. to like I said, San Francisco had a chance at the end, but they were one of two winless teams, them and the Browns. Adrian Peterson, all he needed was a change of scenery, apparently, because he was sensational. He scored a touchdown, 54 yards rushing on the very first drive of the game for the Cardinals. And they he had 134 yards and two touchdowns on the day on 26 carries. Cardinals beat the Buccaneers 38-33, to had to hold off a late Buccaneers rally. Jameis Winston injured his shoulder on a, what, like the second or third drive of the game. He had to leave. Ryan Fitzpatrick led the charge. But ultimately, Arizona's lead too strong. Carson Palmer played very well in this one. Cardinals win 38-33. How's this for an entertaining start to a game? Uh, Rams return the kickoff for a touchdown. And then Leonard Fournette on the first play from scrimmage for the Jaguars. Runs at 75 yards for a score. Uh, tied 7-7, but the special teams was the difference in this one. The Rams blocked a punt uh, return for a touchdown. Jaguars, uh, Myers, their kicker, missed a couple of long field goals, and he's now out of a job. And the Leonard Fournette did get injured in this one, but he says he's okay. But the Rams escaped with a 27-17 win over the Jaguars, who have alternated wins and losses so far this year. Uh, the big game here, the, there's no more undefeated teams remaining in the NFL. That's because the Pittsburgh Steelers went into Kansas City, took down the Chiefs 19-13. Ball control was the story in this one, especially in the first half. The Chiefs had just six total yards of offense and really, virtually no time on the field at all. Pittsburgh did an amazing job. Le'Veon Bell uh, had, what, like 160, 170 yards rushing on 30-some carries. Antonio Brown with a sick catch. And uh, Pittsburgh would hold off the Chiefs for that 19-13 win. And something's incredibly wrong with the Raiders. Uh, I don't know exactly what it is with you know, Derek Carr or whatnot, but the he came back 
let a touchdown drive right away, but uh, missed extra point, came back to cost the Raiders in this one as the Chargers drive down the field late, kick a game-winning field goal. Nick Novak, why do you ever leave? Chargers beat the Raiders 17-16. Both teams are now 2-4. and four. And the stunner of the day, uh, inexplicably, the New York Giants, without their top four wide receivers, went into Denver and beat the Broncos 23-10. to It's like the Broncos didn't even show up and were just uh, sleepwalking through this. Uh, unbelievable game. I cannot believe it, but the Giants take down Denver. Uh, and Denver lost some wide receivers in this game. Trevor Simeon has a shoulder sprain, so that's not good at all. And then Monday Night Football, Titans overcome a slow first half start. To take down the t- the Colts 36-22, Ryan Suckup made five field goals in this one right away for the um, for the Titans. So that was so he kept them in the game really early on, and they were able to prevail. So that's a look at what happened there in Week Six. What's going to happen in Week Seven? It ki- it kicks off Thursday night with a dandy in the AFC West. You have the Air, or the Kansas City Chiefs at the Oakland Raiders. Why would I take the Raiders right now? I, I don't know, but this is the last game of a three-game homestand. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Uh, Tyreek Hill, does he have a concussion? Does he not? Short week, you know, to travel that far. I shouldn't take him, but I will pick the Raiders right now. An you know, official prediction will come in... Uh, on Thursday, even though that's what likely is our NBA season preview, but leaning Raiders right now. Then on Sunday's games, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox, it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I, I don't know why I would pick the Bucks right now, especially if Jameis Winston isn't playing. Buffalo has had a week to prepare, or a couple weeks to prepare. I will take Buffalo over the Bucks. Baltimore at Minnesota, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time, CBS. The Ravens are awful right now. The Vikings are playing good football. They have an, an opportunity here. They will take advantage of it. They will take down the the Ravens in this one in what will be the last home game for a month. And they only have one home game in the next seven weeks. So Vikings better make precious use of this home, uh, home game. The New York Jets at the Miami Dolphins, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox, a crossover game. Uh, if the Dolphins turn the corner, I'm not sure, but they want revenge from that loss to the Jets earlier this year. I will take the Dolphins, but I do not say this at all with great confidence, which is a kudos to Todd Bowles and company for the way that uh, the Jets have taken care of stuff this year. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals at the Los Angeles Rams, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. I believe this game is in London, uh, give, hence the early start time. Uh Cardinals, can Adrian Peterson do this again? I don't know, but right now the Rams appear to be rolling. I'm not sure how well Jared Goff will play, but I will take the Rams narrowly over the Cardinals in this one. Jacksonville Jaguars at the Indianapolis Colts, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. The Jaguars win every odd week. It's week seven. They're going to beat the Colts. New Orleans Saints at the Green Bay Packers, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. Given the injury to to Aaron Rodgers and Brett Hundley is now your starting quarterback, with the way the Saints have been playing the last few weeks, I'm going with the Saints. I I don't feel uh, the utmost confidence about this, but I do think that they will do enough to get the win over the Packers. 
Carolina at Chicago, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. Yes, crossover game. You are correct. And I will take Carolina to bounce back, though it's going to be difficult. Chicago's playing better since Trubisky took center. And uh, I'm going to take Carolina right now, but don't say this with extreme confidence at all. Tennessee Titans at the Cleveland Browns, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. If the Titans lose this game, they do not deserve to be in the discussion of making the playoffs, at least winning the division in the AFC South. Uh, so, But they will beat the Browns in this one. Dallas Cowboys at the San Francisco 49ers, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Ezekiel Elliott will play in this game now, it sounds like. Suspension has been uh, held off, at least for now. Maybe it'll change here in the next day or so. But uh, we'll take the Cowboys over the 49ers. Denver Broncos at the Los Angeles Chargers, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on CBS. The Raiders just, or the Chargers just got back from a two-game uh, road trip. They won both of them, but they're coming back home, and it'll feel like a road game even more so. A lot of Broncos fans will be in attendance. Broncos will win this one fairly easily. Cincinnati Bengals at the Pittsburgh Steelers, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Pittsburgh, big win over Kansas City. Cincinnati's playing better right now, but I will take the Steelers narrowly over the Bengals. 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on CBS. The Seattle Seahawks at the New York Giants. Again, crossover game. Seattle, a couple of weeks here to to prepare for the Giants. I'm going to take them... uh, in part because I think their defense is just that much better. But after what the Giants did last week, anything is possible. A rematch of Super Bowl last year. Atlanta at New England, 8.30 p.m. Eastern on NBC, 7.30 p.m. Central Time. Until the Falcons can put together a full game, especially in the second half, I got to take the, the Patriots. Uh, even though the Patriots have not put together a full game yet, I trust them a lot more than I do the Falcons right now. Give me the Patriots. And then Monday Night Football, Washington at the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles going for the sweep. This is at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Carson Wentz playing well. I'm not a full believer yet in the Eagles, but they have way too much going for them right now. I'll take them to take down Washington. And that's a look at what's going on here in... uh, Week 7 in the NFL. For the official picks and predictions, please go to The Stack. That's my blog, stackattack.sportsblog.com. Uh, we'll have the official picks on the Football Friday coming up this Friday. And uh, so things might change between what I just picked and what I'll put uh, put in the blog on Friday. But thank you for listening this week. Hope you enjoyed the podcast as always. The NBA season preview, uh, college football talk with Charlie Hildebrand. Of course, I always appreciate Travis Uh, joining us here and helping us get this podcast up online here so you can listen to it. Um, Yeah, interesting stuff in the NFL owners meetings on Tuesday. Ezekiel Elliott suspension um, banned, at least for now. It's on pause. Uh, But we'll see what happens there. Baseball talk, we'll have the World Series preview next week. And we'll see what else happens in the world of sports But thank you for listening. You can find this podcast available on iTunes. Just search Sports Block on iTunes. Otherwise, follow me on Twitter, at NDStacken. Otherwise, on Facebook, Nathan Stacken. I have a link posted uh, to to, to listen to the podcast later this week, the middle part of this week, as we always do. Thank you for being the loyal listeners. Appreciate you. And uh, hope you 
download this again next week and listen to us here for more arousing sports talk here, interesting sports talk, passionate sports talk, and maybe a little more. Nathan Sacken saying thank you for listening to the Sports Block Podcast, and we'll talk with you next week.